They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net, here once again with my good friends, corporate ek to fly Eric Trembicki. That's my best friend. <laughs> Great. Along, along with Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing this week from Monte Carlo, Monaco, a resident European champion. It's great to be here with you guys. We're coming in on the heels of Clash of Champions, the first Raw exclusive pay-per-view. Uh, real quick before we start, once again, any listeners out there, if you enjoy our show, if you enjoy what we do, if you like Mr. Wednesday Night Live. If, if I'm you your like, best friend. Yeah, if Act 2 Fly is your best friend. If I'm your best friend, go on to iTunes. Shower us with the gift of five-star reviews. I like that. (laughs) Just thought of it right now. Uh, uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Podbean. Uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube. I'm trying to... Oh, and also Stitcher. Any of those places, review us. Five stars. Subscribe. It's a huge help to us. We appreciate it. And uh, anything anybody else want to add on five-star reviews? Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. All right, that works. So, yes, five-star reviews, please, and thank you for anyone who follows through and does it. I think maybe what we'll start doing when we get a review, we may start reading it on the show. Well, as the black guy, I had to feel I had to do the five stars. (laughs) (laughs) And I I appreciated it. You're welcome. I appreciate that you fulfilled your obligation there. Uh, Also, if you want me to do a Fink impersonation, I'll do it. Yeah. At the drop of a hat, we'll do a, you'll think Howard Finkel is in your presence. Sometimes I don't have to hear it. I just think about it and it makes me laugh. Uh, Clash of Champions, though. Before we get started, Alo, would you like to give everyone our pay-per-view rating system? Yes, of course. If it's a, jo- if it's a horrible show, we call it a jobber. Fall somewhere in the middle, be, be a slower knocker. And if it's an awesome show, we call it a showstopper. All right, Eck. Your thoughts on this pay-per-view... And your rating. Uh, I'm going to have to put it... Now, I don't know why I'm missing... You just said it. What's the middle rating? Slobber knocker. I'm going to put an upper slobber knocker. How long have you been here? <laughs> you know, all your yelling in my ear right there just made me forget everything you said. I just tried tuning you out. You might be best friends, but sometimes you just hurt my ear. Best but yeah, I'll, I'll put it uh, uh, upper slobber knocker. How about you, Alo? Um, it felt like a roll on a Sunday. <laughs> I know what you mean. I understand that. Yeah, because. But what's that rating mean? I'm I'm not done yet. Was it a good roll though? <laughs> that, just, that just sounds like you're you're calling it uh, a job. Because right, me and well, I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a high slobber knocker because. The, the in-ring work was fine. There were, I have a couple problems, of course, but even... But not a couple nitpicks? A <laughs> couple, couple nitpicks. <laughs> I, 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 well, I'll get the raw. But um, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of the show, Derek McCauley, our NXT analyst, mm-hmm. about this, and I was just like... I, was, I just told him, I was like, I, maybe I should still, still have my SummerSlam hangover because 
it think it just felt too long. Like I felt it odd that some uh, backlash went two forty five, and and um. Clash of Champions went over three hours. I just felt I felt that was odd. I didn't think they had to do that. I thought no. some, I thought some matches were, lo- were 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 really longer than expected. Like the Roman Reigns Rusev match, I thought Nam went too long. I think Owens Rollins was too long, and it was dead for most of it. That crowd was horrible. The crowd was horrible from the minute of the show started. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd was, was trash. Where was it? Was it Indianapolis? Yeah, the Mecca. Of Indianapolis. <laughs> but, uh, I just felt I just felt like things just went on too long, and Backlash felt so perfect. Like I enjoyed Backlash more than Clash of Champions, so I'll give it a high slob knocker. But I do have my, of course, I have my nitpicks. Yeah, but so only you, Ron. And we'd be disappointed if you didn't. Yeah. Have a well, I, I'm gonna cut, cut in real quick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought I wasn't here to review Backlash, but I do remember like when that ended. I was like, man, that was a little short, but it was it was a good show. It was enjoyable, and I mean, this is something that we're probably gonna run into mm-hmm. with the brand split shows. You do have a smaller roster and a smaller two hour show. Right filling up a three-hour show, and then you have a three-hour every-week show, and they're filling up for a Mm three-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, it's kind of a built-in problem for Raw, which, like you said, we'll get to Raw, but I I think it's becoming a problem. And I'll explain why when we get further into the show. I don't have to go too much into detail. I thought it was a... The show was fine. I give it a straight slobber knocker. Matches were were good. Uh, I thought some of the finishes left something to be desired. And yeah, I'm just really not high on the raw brand at this <laughs> I'm moment, not either. which which is a shame because of how great a lot of the talent is that's there, just not being utilized to their fullest potential. What was your match of the night? The match of the night? That's tough, but let me see because I didn't really pick a match of the night. So I guess I would go. With, I'd go with the women's match probably. I, that was mine too. How about you, Eck? Your match of the night? Um. I'm probably gonna go Jericho Zane. Really? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really see no reason why not to like it. That was like the ultimate Raw match. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know I heard you last week when you saying like you know some of his ring work hasn't been as good as you know his um, his matches with AJ, but I, I didn't see nothing bad about the match. You know the ending didn't make me mad. I thought the Universal Title match was good. You know, the in-ring work overall in every match I didn't think was terrible. Uh, I didn't hate the tag match. I just kind of I thought it was a little too predictable. But I think the tag match was, like, it, 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 went, it started like Backlash did. Like, the pacing was great. It was it went straight to the point. It was back and forth, false finishes right from the get-go. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a show similar to Backlash. And then after that, it's like everything went, just dra- felt like it dragged a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Alo just mentioned it, and I think number one, if it wasn't for the overall, and I don't want to say a crowd can't dictate a show, because I think if that crowd mattered, if that crowd cared about what they were paying their money to watch, I think this would have been a showstopper in my opinion. Um, I think if that show happened top to bottom the way it did in Philly, even if it was a lot of the match endings were kind of predictable, and if it was some stuff we didn't want to see, I still think it would have been a better reaction. Well, I definitely agree with that. I think the crowd plays a huge part, not only in the show, but in, in the way like you can enjoy the show, mm-hmm. as Alo and I have both experienced being in Brooklyn at SummerSlam. Yeah. If Alo, Matt, I can tell you got something to say. If Matt Mass was there, it'd be a showstopper. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it would take. <laughs> just, just Matt Madness in the building alone yes. brings it up a full, a full letter grade. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's amazing how we, we had the high of highs at Battleground, and 
left SummerSlam with the lowest of lows. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a tough day. I'll <laughs> say that. A tough night, I guess. Um, and one other thing, I would like to apologize to Mr. Sexy Punakana, Joe Rodermill. He emailed me some of his thoughts on the pay-per-view. I cannot get into my email. So we will post it on the Facebook page. Uh, I do want to say that he did enjoy the pay-per-view. It seems like he probably had a lot of similar thoughts to what we did. I don't remember every every thought on all the matches, but he liked the show, didn't love it. Um, so I guess we might as well get into some of the specifics of it. Main event, the longest reigning Universal Champion, Kevin Owens, defending against Seth Rollins. <clears throat> I had really high hopes for this match. I know I personally thought it was a good match, not necessarily a great match. I don't know if you two agree, Eric. Your feelings on Seth and KO, did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was obviously predictable that if it was going to be, you know, this was KO's first title defense, so I could see no way in hell that he he was going to drop the strap on his first defense. So I knew it was going to end that way. Um... And I really wanted there to be a, a heelish finish. Um, I love the fact that ref's down, and you know what's about to happen. Well, you didn't know exactly which angle, but you know he's down. Seth had the pin. He, I counted, what, 5, 10, yeah. 8, 13, whatever. He, he got, Even Indianapolis was counting, I believe. That was the only time they cared about the whole show. That was ridiculous. I even pointed that out. I had you know, a couple beers in the hand, and I was like, what is going on here? But... Yeah, you see that, and you love where you're finally buying it. You finally know Steph's involved with this with her husband. You know, the second he's down, the second KO hits something, bang, here's a referee, and she walks out smiling, leaves with Triple H. So, um, yeah, I liked the match. I thought the main event was exactly what it should be. Yeah, I. you mentioned the ref being down. I don't like that back-to-back pay-per-views main events had a ref bump playing to the finish. <laughs> Go ahead, Alo. <laughs> I don't know that ref's name. <laughs> it's not Earl Hebner. <laughs> but he is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Rollins barely touched him. And he's on the floor laying like he's like he's giving birth. Yeah. And whoever threw him out the ring, then he's playing dead outside the ring. Like, you didn't even get hit that hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. Eric, were you done? Suck. I'm done. Okay. Well, <laughs> I said the match, nothing really happened for most of it. It didn't really get started until they went outside and Owens did the sucker chance to suck at the yeah, ref, that which, was good. which was awesome. And then he, then he then he missed his move going through the table. Other than like the match, it was a little little bit underwhelming because I expected better. But like I said, a lot a lot, a lot didn't happen in this match, and it left a lot to be desired because. Somewhat, what in some way, Jerk Owen. I mean, Rollins really didn't get screwed. Like, Jericho came down wearing Owen's shirt with, with mm-hmm. the scarf. Mm-hmm. Was awesome, but Rollins really didn't get really a bit like sc- like screwed over like that. Okay, okay, he beat. He had um, Owen's beat in the middle. Owen's beat in the middle of the ring. The referee was down. And Stephanie sent another ref down after the fact. But it's like. Where's the like? Where's like the ultimate sympathy? Yeah, that's not being screwed. That's like unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like like Stephanie did send the ref down, but it's like okay, she sent down half. But I don't really see that as something to be like, Stephanie, you screwed me. Like, where's the where's the come where's the come where's the thing that meant you care about Rollins? Because honestly, getting screwed by Triple H was worse than what happened yeah. at Clash of Champions. It was. Well, it also does have the mystique of like, yes, it was just a coincidence, and she has that where. 
if it was something like she waited till you know uh, the pop-up powerbomb was done and then came out with the referee, then that would be something like it's obvious to Mick she's involved. But as much as you know they don't know the right words to say in the big right. opening promo the next night, I mean it still makes you think eh, she could be innocent. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that this is going on too long now. It's been almost a, it's been basically a month now that we don't know what Triple H did anything. And this might be a nitpick, but this is just a logical thinking. Mm-hmm. Don't you go home to your husband? Why don't you just ask him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there there is no logic when it comes to stuff. They're very very good at just leaving wide open loopholes like that. Yeah, like they. I think they dropped the ball with that because. Not, that wouldn't make me care about Seth Rollins even more. Right. And this like there's no payoff to the story yet. And you would think on your first show you want to have payoff to your top story to make this to make Seth Rollins your top babyface of your brand. Yeah, which you're right. They didn't do anything to set him up as a top babyface. Although the crowd is already clamoring to accept him as that. The uh, and I will give them credit. The one thing they did do is they did make Seth look really strong in that match. Much like CM Punk said they told him to make Roman look strong. He took out KO and Jericho both. Highlights of the match for me was when the ref came over to the ring apron and Jericho was standing up there. He pointed and said, that's my best friend. Like, as if that had <laughs> and came out anything. in his shirt. I love yeah. that he came out in, in his shirt. Star. As, if, as if him being his best friend means it's okay for him to interject in the match. Well, he's my best friend, so it's okay. After the match at the Ram, did you hear him singing, we are the yes. champions? That was the next thing I was going to say. That's my best that friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we moved into Raw the next night. Same story kind of playing out. You have Foley and Steph at odds a little bit. Stephanie puts Foley in his place. Rollins is injured. He's pissed. He wants to get back at Owens. And then you have Owens, of course, on the highlight reel. Owned him. Yes. <laughs> Jericho has some gold there, too. Can we just say, though, <laughs> I know I mention this every week, but Jericho now, he's gotten over the word list. <laughs> he's gotten over the word it. I remember Bill Clinton said in, it was like his depositions during the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. And somebody used the word it and he said, I think, I think he said, it depends on what your definition of the word it is. And I remember thinking like, there is no definition to the word it, it's just the word it. But Jericho has made the word it like a thing. <laughs> so I give him credit for that. And the word, it's stupid idiot, which that probably hasn't been a thing anybody has said since they were like nine years old. <laughs> uh, it was a great promo they did with Enzo and Cass. I just loved him saying actually we're doing just fine. You know, we're best friends. We're on top. We're the universal champion. Yeah, I, I love that they owned it like it was a group. And I Jericho might want to sit on someone's lap. Yeah, they showed Cass saying, or I think they showed Enzo saying, we? We're the, champion. We're the universal champion. That's great. Um, impromptu tag match. Do you think that there was too little of Seth yes. last night? How about you? Well, yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's, you know, granted, in the match, did he look strong? It was basically portionalized as a handicap match for a moment. Mm-hmm. But he came, walked out, security held him back, and then the show ends and we don't see him again. If that was Austin, we'd have seen him again. Yeah, we would have. So, and Alo, you said you do agree. It was too right, it's probably a bad like comparison to say. Yeah, it's too little <laughs> because that was the only interaction you saw between him and Owens. I think that was the only time you really saw Owens. Yeah. It was until the excuse, it was until the highlight reel, and it just it didn't really build anything. Owens basically shot on him, which I loved, and then it had an impromptu tag match, which I didn't really care about because yeah, I, didn't care about it. yeah, I didn't really because like when it, when 
like when Raw, it was like it's, it became 10.50 it's like where's Enzo and Cass and that's the first time it been on Raw since they came out I was like oh well, they're, they're, here, here they go and yeah like oh yeah we had a thing a month ago let's, let's come out now and get ourselves in the middle of it again the one thing I did like about it though and this is my favorite aspect of that match is KO obviously great at the trash talk but I love that Jericho is now like parroting the stuff KO says. Like, like, so. Almost like he's now, they're not best friends. It's like he's like looking up to KO. Like everything <laughs> Owen says, like Jericho has to like jump in on it too. Well, and if you say that, uh, that like they buried Rollins, I, I thought one thing that was just uh, a good thing Jericho pointed out, you know, Jericho's been with the company about 17 years mm-hmm. now and he's never had a r- truly notable injury. And he's like, I've been here for 17 years. How many times have I been injured? Never. Yeah. Rollins has been here for a year and a half. <laughs> this is second injury. Yeah. I like how Owen shot on, on Seth on Seth too, calling the mo- so calling him the most dangerous man in WWE, taking out Sting, yeah, Balor. That was good too. And now it took out Seth, so that makes me the most dangerous. That, see, yeah. that's the like when, when that he shoots, awesome. it's always real factual. So he he puts out a thing. Seventeen years, really never had a notable injury. And then, you know, he downplays how long his career's been. Year yeah. and a half. He puts out a real fact, you know, <laughs> noting that thing that he knows everyone talks about. Yeah. And I mean it it reminded me of like his um his uh, the highly real he did with Orin where he there was a lot of stuff put out where yeah. he didn't expect yeah which so I, I think that's just gold from him and then Ambrose stills old Jericho seventeen thousand dollars yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great I was glad that he did I, I did that. like that they included Ambrose you know it's not like oh he's on a different show he doesn't exist yeah they were in Cincinnati yeah they were in Cincinnati they said he was like a piece of garbage or whatever from that city uh, and before we move on to anything else we have a listener listener question I guess it's more of a listener comment. Uh, once again, the pay-per-view and Raw are all about setting up Triple H's next opponent. The title and Kevin Owens are an afterthought. I used to love Foley, but I'm having second thoughts. He and Stephanie are on way too much trying to set up the next Triple H opponent. Daniel Bryan and Shane did not appear this week on SmackDown, and it was refreshing. I'm really worried about Raw, and Kevin Owens will be blamed for the ratings. Thanks, Stephanie and Hunter, your old friend, Joe Lafferty. Please discuss. So I don't know who wants to take this first. I guess I maybe could make my comment that I was going to say about Raw and SmackDown. People have been talking about Raw being too long for as long as I've been watching wrestling again. And they have a point. Three hours is a lot to invest on a Monday night. But now that SmackDown is a separate brand, it's its own show that you have to watch now, it makes you... It is glaring now how long and how much Raw drags. Like, when you're... 70 minutes into SmackDown, you're like, oh, we're like going in for the close on this show. When you're 70 minutes into Raw, you're like, oh my God, there's still almost two hours left. <laughs> Basically, there is two hours yeah. left because they go off at like, you know, 11.06, 11.08. I think, well, now, obviously, Raw went up against the debate on Monday. Lowest ratings ever on a non-holiday. SmackDown is within 130,000 viewers, I think, of Raw this week. So I think people are going, if it comes down to people say, I don't have five hours on Monday and Tuesday to watch wrestling, I think people may start choosing SmackDown. I don't know if that's definitely going to happen, but I think there is a danger in people. Because I'm enjoying SmackDown more just about every week. Yes. So, one, I do agree with Joe Lafferty. It is a lot about Triple H, and you're not seeing him. They're not actually building it. It's just hanging out there, and we're not getting any type of answer or conclusion or anything. It's everything I had to say. 
So, whichever one of you, Alo, Eck, wants to go first. I guess I'll just go next. Okay. I, mean, I love being, I guess, the only different one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I thought two weeks ago, overall, I did enjoy SmackDown much more than I enjoyed Raw. Um, this week, getting to sit down and watch both back-to-back. And again, I did not hate Clash of Champions. Um, I heard the comment last week you guys made on the show about you know your opinion on Foley and how uh, how much he's overused. Uh, and, overused. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily want to say I feel like he's overused. I mean, when you see Stephanie in the um, on on the camera, she's typically there for what I would say is the Universal Title picture mm-hmm. and Rollins storyline. So you'll see her there. The thing I like about Mick. You're seeing him involved with this stuff with Cesaro and Sheamus. You see him involved with the women's division. You hear his name mentioned in the back. So he is a key character. And it's not like when the authority was there. And you never know if the authority is going to go away. You do know Mick's time on TV is is there? There's a time limit on it. He's not going to be on there every week forever. Probably not going to be there in... August of 2017. A year from now, I doubt we see him on Monday Night Raw every week. So he's a key character, and he mentions that he doesn't know if his job's on the line. He mentions that this stuff's important. So he's a key character, and at the end of the day, as much as we want to see wrestling action, it is a show. So I'm not bothered by him on there, and I'm not bothered by him on the pay-per-view. Honestly, I think I'm the complete opposite where as much as I don't want them to open with a 15-minute segment, mm-hmm. I wish we saw Shane every week. And it's more obvious that Shane's not really with the company and he is temporary. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my thing on it. I uh, I also, it's obvious because Triple H is part-time and he cares more about NXT. You got to wait to see him. But So, basically, your, your feeling is, yes, Foley is on Raw a lot, but because you know... This is his time is he's not going to be there for a really long time that, over the long haul. That's home. why I like if if you if don't mind it's not like we're going to see him on TV exactly. for I don't, an I don't hour mind every at week. All. I don't mind at all at all. Now, it also makes it sense where he's a general manager, you're seeing him more than you see Stephanie. If you go watch SmackDown, uh, I know you guys are claiming that um, neither him or Steph or him or Shane were on this week, but last week D Bryan was there and no Shane, I believe. Or typically, if D. Bryan's, if Shane's not there, you at least see D. Bryan. Yeah. So D. Bryan's there almost every week, and it almost is just like, oh, okay, well, it's obvious, you know, this is part time to Shane. This mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. No, I could, I could get behind that. Alo. I agree with Eric said about Mick. How he's a little, di- little bit different from Stephanie. Because Stephanie is mainly in the in the main title, main storyline for the world title, and Mick is around with other talent. But I don't, I don't mind Mick being around the other talent because that's what he did when he was commissioner back in two thousand. And it was always good. Yeah, it was, it was always good. But it was, it was brief. It wasn't him throwing his power around. He was just. He was just ma- he was making matches. He wasn't in a serious tone. He was just ha- out there having fun. Now, when it comes to the the, the triple setting up tri- setting up Rollins and Triple H, Triple H's next opponent, I do agree with that. You hear me laugh? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But if they, jaws are dropping, yeah, I all over the globe. <laughs> I call I call it for what I call it how it is, and I, I've always done that. I'm not going to be biased on this show. <laughs> Eric, I'll, I'll, I'll get to something after. <laughs> But but this is this is about this is about setting up Triple H's next opponent. But the thing, but the more important thing is this is setting up Seth Rollins to go over Triple H, and that's and that's the thing people have to understand because because Seth Rollins is going to go over Triple H Triple H whenever it does happen. Okay, so at least there's a silver lining there that Seth Rollins is going to. Yeah. Be. Now, Laugh might not agree with you in that. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, probably does. Yeah, because he told me Seth's going to carry Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and by the way. 
Clash of Champions marked me and Eric's anniversary. The, last year was the first one we watched together. Oh, really? When I destroyed him <laughs> because he told me Sting was going to beat Seth Rollins for the title last year. You, I was drinking. <laughs> That's what that can get you out of just about anything. <laughs> right now, got water. So, United States Championship, Roman Reigns and Rusev. Another story that was not closed at Clash of Champions. We theorized, is Roman going to help build up Rusev as the United States champion? Is Roman going to take the U.S. championship and run with it? We got our answer. Roman is now the U.S. champion. I thought this was a good match. It started off a little bit slow, but they kind of built. Lana gets involved, pulls the ref out of the ring, gets thrown out. And one thing I, I will say, Roman is, is, he got the let's go Roman, Roman sucks chant. That's a start. <laughs> it's yeah. It, to me, that that tells you that he's not beloved like they want a babyface to be, but he's over in the fact that you either really like him or you really don't like him. There is no indifference, and that's kind of the key thing. Like people are into it when he's out there, whatever side they're on. So, Alo, your thoughts on Roman and Rusev at Clash of Champions? At least the bell rung. <laughs> <laughs> that is a step up from yeah. Battleground. Yeah, there was CM Punk chance. I was I thought about you when that happened. Yeah. But I thought the match they had on Raw before SummerSlam, I thought that was better than this. Cause like I thought this was slow too and a, and a little bit too long. The match the match did pick up at the end, but like I said, I think the Raw match was better because when the Raw match picked up, it was picked up for a longer period of time. This felt like it picked up in the last five minutes. Same thing mm-hmm. when in the in their Raw match, mm-hmm. it was. It was, I like that. Even, I like that Raw match they had better than this match. Uh, me too. When, when, when the following it, night. Yeah, when, when we get to, when we get to that, I'm kind of over the point of having like when Lana gets ejected. I'm kind of over the the point where managers or valets they when they get ejected they say no 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 and they're saying no while they're walking away. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to get security or anything yeah. going out. No, they're, they're willingly leaving. Yeah, they're saying no while they're walking away. Yeah, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> If they're, yeah. gonna waste, if they're gonna waste our TV time, they should at least do it right. Yeah, yeah like you said, Rome, Rome, the fans seem to be behind Roman. He even got a pop when he won, when he won the title. So, I think the t- Roman winning the U.S. title could somewhat do wonders for him, like it did John Cena. People might come to respect him. Like you saw that kind of for for a second on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that because that made yeah. no sense. <laughs> but I think people will start to respect him and being in that mid card mid card level and having matches with the upper mid card and put on these phenomenal matches like John Cena did. Yeah. <coughs> Um, Roman Reigns, U.S. champion, you like it or you don't like it? I don't dislike it at all. I think I'm going to agree with you guys where, you know, I think the first couple minutes into the match where it was sluggish, I think it was like five minutes deep, and I'm literally looking at my phone, and I'm just (laughs) sipping my beer. I was like, you know, this is probably going to be the worst match of the night. But I'll tell you, there was actually a couple points in the match where I thought Rusev was going to retain. You know, I actually, I really did want Rusev to, I did really want Roman to win. Uh, I thought it... Pretty much word for word what Alo just said. I think it'll do him a lot of benefit if he's not running with the, you know, the world title. Everyone clearly does not want him doing that. He's clearly going to stay in a singles run. It makes sense. Put him in that mid card. He has good matches. It's obvious we all agree on that. The last six months he's had some of his best matches. So do that with the workhorses that aren't out there um, competing for old red leather. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think getting him away from the world title will kind of take a lot of that resentment that these fans have for him. And now 
you can just watch him for what he is as opposed to complaining about what he is. They get him out of the shield gear and keep him with that belt, they're really going to love him. <laughs> yeah, that's probably actually a good point. He should start um, coming back through the crowd. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good match. I was happy to see him win that belt. Like I said, I, I was saying this when this first happened. I think this could be the best thing for him. Yeah. Hopefully it is. I was pulling for it on SummerSlam. Yeah, they had a rematch on Raw to open the show. I did think this was a better match. I liked how technical the first three to four minutes was yeah, of this match. Yeah, because unlike yeah, my problem with the Clash of Champions match was that was, it was all Rusev until the mm-hmm. last five minutes. This was back and forth. Te- yeah. te- technical wrestling between both of these guys. Yeah, I liked the Raw match. Now, did you like the, the no finish on Raw? Not that way. Because you, you, you the match ends by counting. Ru- Roman took the title from Rusev. Rusev, if you want to... Have a non-finish. Have Rusev get disqualified. That's what I would have did because Rusev's the one who lost the title. Have him. Have him be upset that he lost the title. He's a heel. He's the only man when he lost. The t- when, he yeah. t- when he loses the title, and then they didn't do Rusev any favors after the match where I, I thought he was going to get one up on Roman with the chair, but then Roman took care of him. And then he makes a joke of Rusev. He sits down in the chair and then Rusev gets up and he, Roman knocks him out again. I would have had Rusev go on top. Well, that's what I thought would happen. It's like okay, good. Now we get some heat going into. Yeah, that's what I thought. An Eck. I mean, they kind of um, they kind of buried themselves here. The thing I, I like, the thing I liked with it is if it would have went off of them just fighting in the crowd, and they could have went to the back. The thing I like is when they were in the crowd, it was they were exchanging blows back and forth. So if it was going to end as a double countout and as Rusev, you got your rematch, and then you know somebody could compete to be number one contender. Rusev could be mad about it, and Foley and Foley be like, "You had your match. This mm-hmm. is what happened." I thought that would have been the smarter way to end it because that keeps Rusev strong. But just like Ayla said, I mean, what they did there is you got to assume there's going to be another match, and it doesn't make Rusev look as strong as if he could have just went off into the sunset. You had his rematch, and it's not like us smart fans are going to be sitting there in a month. Rusev never got his rematch. What are they having a rematch clause? Yeah, I I did enjoy, and I always enjoy Rusev for this, his reaction to getting hit with that chair shot. He didn't act knocked <laughs> yeah. out. Like, just the look on his face. Like, it, he is great at selling stuff like that. I told you when he sold that spear from Roman coming uh-huh. down the ramp. Every time he, he does it to him. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, but I did like the Raw match a little better. But I do agree that they kind of didn't didn't do Rusev any favors. They, they could have done a much better job with that than than what they ended up with. Uh, moving on to the women, triple threat match: Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte, three fourths of the four horsewomen. We we said this is match of the night probably was for me. I loved Bailey making the point to Sasha early in the match, like I'm in this match too. Like you're not going to forget that I'm a part of this. I liked how hot of a start it was. Like they, Sasha and Charlotte just like going after each other right from the jump. Um, Loved the match. I thought the result was what it needed to be for right now. Uh, and Charlotte, you guys know what a big Sasha Mark I am. Charlotte is just still getting better. Like, every month. She's she's better than the month before. I'm curious. I love that she's not uh, cutting away from that moonsault um, spot. That thing is awesome. The double moonsault that was, beautiful. was I, awesome. I, I was that watching was... it with uh, a f- friend of mine that's not even a fan, and he just saw that. He was like, what the? And she hit it. Hit. Yeah. Because you never seen it hit. It was perfect. Landed perfectly straight on both of them. It was awesome. Yeah, no. She is, athletically, she's great. 
which nobody ever would have denied that. She's an unbelievable athlete. Uh, but, like, all the little nuances of being a pro wrestler, like, her promos are always getting better. Her character's always she's getting gold better. She's gold on Monday. Yeah, she's, she's, all, she's got this intensity that you don't see from a woman too often in this business. I, I think she's incredible. And as much as I want to see Sasha win the title back, like, I'm more than happy to watch Charlotte as the cocky, arrogant queen champion that, <laughs> that she is right now. Alo, your thoughts? I, this is my mention tonight too. I also like Sasha going right for Charlotte because that's that because Sasha should want to go after Charlotte because this is the first time she's had, had a, no not not even the first but this is the, this is the one of the first times she had a chance to actually go after her since SummerSlam because she tried to she tried to injure. Her. I like that. I like I like that they put over that Dana Brooke was outside because the tri- triple tri- tri- third match is no qualification. Mm-hmm. You saw Dana Brooke's involvement in the match. They, Fingerprints all over. Yeah, the match. all over the match. <laughs> But we, which we talked about that double moonsault. The double, yeah. double moonsault was, was beautiful, and I like they got the time. And the same with these brand, brand specific pay per view, yeah, brand specific pay per views. These matches will get time, and they got the time they deserved in this match. And the ending was real dull. The, the big boot. You, yeah. you weren't a big fan of the big boot ending. It was just, <laughs> it was just so sudden. Like not, it, it didn't really do nothing for me. I thought, I thought Bailey probably would kick out, but. I was a little surprised she didn't kick that, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I was also kind of looking at the time just because it was it was that the U.S. It was like the three title matches back to back, and I was like, there's nothing else. Like, I mean, they kind of don't have a lot of time here. But well, you can go. I'm done with this part because I know we want to talk about the raw raw next. I guess but I'll, go, I'll go back from, go back to that. To oh that. yeah. Well, so Charlotte comes out with Dana. They mention on commentary, which commentary does not always do a good job of pointing these things out too busy worried about other dumb stuff especially on raw but that in title matches on pay-per-views charlotte is 12 and 0 they, they well they brought that up at SummerSlam. i do remember that mm-hmm. um but i'm glad that they're making that a point mm-hmm. because if you're a champion and you're winning at same thing with michaels being mr wrestlemania that's a huge title to give somebody um whether people well, he doesn't think, have the best record there. Probably. Yeah, no, he doesn't have the best record, but being known for being the best on the biggest stage is a big deal. So the fact that she's undefeated in championship matches and pay-per-views is a big thing, a big selling point for her character. Uh, I love that Sasha comes out. She's becoming more and more like the boss every week now, which we've been waiting for. Almost since we started doing this podcast in January. Yes. <laughs> I think we've said it's probably come up at least at least once every other show mm-hmm. since what, we started doing this. At one point it was, where was she? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe, yeah. Was it, is it twice we've been doing this podcast? He didn't see her? Yeah, for a while. Yeah, the first show we did, she hadn't been there. She showed up at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And then after WrestleMania, he didn't see her for like eight weeks. Yeah, there. I thought there was a long streak of... Really long streak. Uh, yeah, it was... The worst stretch of shows for me. I couldn't even motivate myself to come in here every week. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you? What did you want to chime in? Better triple threat. This champion, class champions are WrestleMania. That's a really tough one for me to answer. I can't answer this objectively. I was so emotionally invested <laughs> in the WrestleMania match, like all kidding aside, that I don't know. It would take watch a lot. Mania. I've watched Mania back twice, and I thought Mania was really good. I want to say Mania, but I think I'll have to watch this match a second time. Yeah, like I, that was like when you're watching your favorite team in the Super Bowl for the first time. Like you're maybe not retaining it as much as, and I've watched it a couple times since. 
But I'd say that. But again, it's the whole thing about wrestling is like what you feel about it. And mm-hmm. I've had, there was a lot of feeling about that match. What do you think? Because I tried like I rewatched it and recently within the last few days, mm-hmm. and I try to like close out, block out the um, the atmosphere of WrestleMania. Because I mean, this had a terrible atmosphere. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. I try, I try to block out the, the WrestleMania atmosphere and the this, this, um, the the skeptical that it is. And I, and I think the WrestleMania match was better, personally. Do you think it was I, close? I think, I think a big selling thing on there in the argument is going to be the finish. What? If Charlotte you, won both matches. I know that, but it's how she won both. Yeah. Yeah, it was an anticlimactic finish to this one. The last one, at least it was Sasha, who we were all rooting mm. for. Getting held out, you know, held out of the ring by Ric Flair, trying to break up the submission and then losing. That yeah, there was more of an emotional investment in the ending to that match in this one. This one just kind of was like a big boot into the ropes, another yeah. big boot match yeah. over. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say the WrestleMania match is better because I think I think Becky Lynch is the better worker out of all four of them, and she was involved in that WrestleMania match. So I, I, she made it a little bit more better than than with, with Bailey in there. But so I'll go with the WrestleMania match. Yeah. I loved the. That might have been the hardest slap I've ever seen that Sasha laid on Charlotte. Because I, I was about to yell. I got it in my notes. I thought she might have <laughs> broke her nose. Like she, because usually a slap is on the side of the face. Yeah, she got right yeah. and caught her square in the middle of the face. I was like, oh. yeah, because I, I, I had it in my notes. I was about to yell, the, the invisible wall. <laughs> but I like that Sasha hits the bank statement on Dana, clears the ring, comes out on top in that segment, and then Bailey instead of Nia Jax gets a squash match. <laughs> But what I, was Nia Jax? I don't know. She was, was she on the Raw pre-show somewhere? Oh, God. <laughs> Foxy wasn't on the show either. But I think uh, they're putting Sasha in a good position. I don't know when they're going to give her the belt back. If they are anytime soon, they may not even really have to. Well, she has the rematch on Raw next right. week. Right. Which I don't... Do you think she wins it no. on Raw? No, because the way I have this book... Cause remember, remember, we went through it. I don't know if Eric's listened to the show, but I had I, had, I basically booked this. But they kind of did it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. He's it. drinking it in. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on, come Drink on. Drink it in, man. All right. So, like I said, I thought the triple threat would happen at Hell in a Cell, and that's where Bailey would win. Because I thought Sasha would get her one-on-one rematch at Clash of Champions, but they kind of did it in reverse. So, I don't expect Sasha to win this match. I expect Dana Brooke to get involved, and then Bailey come out to help Sasha and call Sasha the title, and then Bailey gets her title match at Hell in a Cell because Hell in a Cell is October 30th. So that gives you a lot. That that's a nice little gap. Yeah. To get you, that's basically the first the first week of November. Mm-hmm. So and then you could probably have they'll probably end up having maybe a, if they do brand versus brand women's tag team, women's elimination match some Survivor Series they could do that. And I think you can get Sasha turning heel probably around December to January. And that's that, that's how I that's how I planned it. Yeah. And that's they kind and that's what it kind of looks like it's set up to be. So I either know this is either gonna make you laugh or piss you off. <laughs> what do you What do you think no about the, the whole Dana Brooke dirt sheet? About what was the dirt sheet? I didn't read it. So my whole thing, and I, I almost was expecting to see this either at the end of Clash of Champions or Raw. The supposedly Dana turns on Charlotte, and then she's next up for a women's title match, and then that's. Somehow, no. Sasha's mad. Sasha's, <laughs> Sasha's mad. She loses, and then you have a second, have you have a secondary. You have a secondary woman's. No, so it's her against Bailey. No, didn't make him laugh. No, definitely just pissed him off. off. Yeah. No, no. no. That, that, you were right. It no. was one or the other. No, no. 
don't know they got that from. They got that from common sense. <laughs> That's logical thinking. Yeah, I. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, with, with the way you're booking it, it's just if Sasha doesn't win on Raw, I honestly I hope she wins. And the way they could still pitch that, if it's a championship match or in a pay per view, Charlotte doesn't lose. So if she gets her rematch or if it's pushed down for months, cool. That way you know. She, she can go in there talking her talk for over a year. If it's a yeah. championship match or a major show, I So win. she can lose a title without losing a title match on paper. Exactly. And I can keep that in, that streak intact. So, <laughs> so my whole thing there is even if it doesn't happen or she if you know if Charlotte retains and if it goes down to Bailey getting the match at No Mercy, I almost just feel like it, it's going to hurt Bailey. I mean, good thing she had a squash match, but she got pinned by a boot to the head. Not mm-hmm. that it wasn't devastating. It's just it's not Charlotte's... It's not her thing. How so. do you two feel about her saying Sasha and Charlotte proved they were the two, the top two women on Raw, but I'm just getting started and I'm like coming after them? Like she, she actually put herself below both of them. Yeah, because she just got there. That's kind of like always been her thing. I don't have a problem with that because she, she always puts she, herself as the underdog. Yeah, and she just got there. That's what she was in. Which is another reason why I, like, I, I, I like her. I get, I get more invested in her character every week. Yeah, and. Like, like, well, to argue with Eric, the reason I booked it that way is because Char- Sasha... Some best friend. Always arguing. Yeah. <laughs> We're great friends. <laughs> so, the reason I say this is because Sasha's made it a point that the women's title is the most important thing. When she even said to Bailey, when it comes to my, that title, I have no friends. So, when Bailey wins, Bailey's going to win this title in the next month. I, I said, hell on the hell in the cell. It doesn't matter about Charlotte's record. The records are going to be broken. This isn't the NFL or the NBA. <laughs> The records are going to be broken. So when that happens, Sasha, we've seen the seeds for Sasha having an attitude going back to being the boss. Because you said a couple weeks ago, Bailey coming up is the best thing for Sasha because she doesn't have to be the big fish. She doesn't have to be mm-hmm. perfect. She just go out there and, and have her attitude and be the boss. So Sasha's going to get angry and jealous, and she's going to take and she's going to take out Bailey and turn heel on Bailey because nobody's going to cheer against Bailey. That's how. That's why I said that. Yeah. And it's and that's that that's the best booking option. That's logic. But who knows what they're thinking? <laughs> you agree with that, Eric? I I agree. It's gonna happen. I just honestly wish they could push it off. As much as like I I, I know I said it months ago. Like if you got something to do, do it right now. There's exceptions to every rule. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't give know. I just like that. I think like I would love to see if it's gonna be Bailey versus um, Sasha. I wish we would be seeing that around Rumble time. I don't yeah, know. No, why, I just booked like, it to Rumble. I just booked it. You booked Bailey wins Hell in a Cell. That's October thirtieth. That's the first week of November. That gets you the first week of November. They, they have, you'll have a, a team, a, a brand versus brand Survivor Series match, and then you assume Charles will eventually have her rematch, and th- and then that get, that gets you to at least December, and you have Sasha turn on Bailey around December to January. Rumble. He booked it. He said. <laughs> it, it's booked. It's booked. It's booked. <laughs> It's booked. A-Lo booked this crap. <laughs> it did. We, so now we know. Yeah. But For once we know who booked it. Yes. And when it doesn't happen that way, I'll be on here. Well, when I book it, it's not crap. <laughs> but I got something to say about Charlotte. Charlotte's excellent. I love Charlotte calling the fans pe- quiet peasants. Yeah. But we talk, I remember, I remember at the rest of the night after WrestleMania where she got choked up when they, when they mm-hmm. had the women's title presentation and she couldn't even cut her promo. Yeah. But... but Go from that to now. The way she she has the fan, the crowd eating out the palm of her hand is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she see that, and that's what I like. She she's a heel that, as a smart fan, you can be like, "Look how good she is," but then she's so good that you're there and you're not cheering for her. Like, and I I don't know if that 
I don't know. I'm, I'm having a tough time really deciding how I feel about this because you have a heel like her who's getting the, the reaction you want her to get. You have a guy like Kevin Owens who's a heel who we all love and gets cheered more than he gets booed. Same thing was happening with Seth Rollins. Happens all the time. I, I don't know. Is it kind of a knock on Kevin Owens that he's not getting the reaction? He's just so good. They want to cheer that guy because he's so he's so entertaining. It's just like Jericho. You can't. It's so hard to boo him because they're so entertaining. Well, that, see, this is the thing I said back when we started. I, th- I think Eric, you you mentioned that you uh, you were kind of bummed. Like every time Jericho came back, he like wouldn't really matter. They just kind of throw him out there because he's Jericho. And we were talked about him being a heel, and we were like, I think he's past the time that he could be a heel because people just like him too much and they want to cheer him. And he does get cheered, but he just is so unbelievably good at being so unbelievably annoying. Well, so, so it's a funny thing. I, when I was listening to you guys do the, um, the throwback show, you know, you make the point about how good he is and, and this and that and, um, you know, wanted to add him to Mount Rushmore. And I was thinking about Jericho, and I was like, you know, I remember when he came back and it was Rumble season. I'm not sure the year. It was probably either 13 or 12. It was the time when he came out and he didn't say a word. And he did oh, it for a couple weeks. 12. And it, it just shows how good he is. There was the teasing that he was coming back. Everyone was excited. He came back. The roof blew off. <laughs> he didn't say a word. He left. Without saying a word and coming out, excuse me, and taking like five, ten minutes, everyone booed him. <laughs> While he walked out without saying one word, he got cheered and then got booed. And I remember like a week later, like being pissed off. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I, I really wanted more from him. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, like I was rethinking about this while listening to the show, and I was like, that's how good he is. Yeah. He even, as smart as I think I am, or whatever, I'm just like, <laughs> he made you, know you work. He 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 made me get pissed off. Now, I think most of us saw him turning on AJ. But when he turned on AJ, they all hated him. Mm-hmm. For a couple weeks, they all hated him. It's when he does something that gets himself out of that, they just all forgive him so quick. Even if they shouldn't. Yeah. Even the point he does when he says it. I know. Like that, the point and like the it. it it's so <laughs> hilarious. Like, you know how much I was loving Drink It In Man every week. I'd wait for it. I got pissed at Sami Zayn for cutting him off. <laughs> I was like, Sammy, I know I'm supposed to love you, but I'm kind of upset with you because you didn't let him finish saying drink it in, man. That leads us to Zayn and Jericho. Eck, you said this was your match of the night. I said, Was I the only one that predicted Jericho to win I did this too. match? You did? Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure. I want him to win solely because I want him to end up in a feud with Owens. I don't know mm-hmm. when it'll happen, but it has to. Did you expect Jericho to win? Yeah, I was predicting him to win. I, I heard you guys' predictions on why, and it just made sense because, you know, logic would say if he beats his, if he beats the champ's best friend, why wouldn't Zayn get you know a title match? And we don't need to see that right now. So it just it made sense. And there also is you know the the rumor that Jericho gets added to the um, Owens rounds and it becomes a triple threat match for No Mercy. So I could see how that happening in a couple different ways. You know whether it just be somebody makes a comment, maybe it could be Mick saying your match has been so good. You know you deserve to be a challenger, and then Jericho just wanted to get it. Yeah. Halo, your thoughts on Zayn and Jericho? I, I just felt like there are other matches on Raw. It didn't, feel, it didn't feel like anything special to me. That's I didn't really have much, I didn't really take much away from that match. It was, match was fine. It just wasn't what I expected. Um, we mentioned Jericho on Raw already. I thought this was a good match. I enjoyed it. 
But I just really like both guys. Um, and I was happy to see Sami Zayn on a pay-per-view because he hasn't always been. <laughs> um, he wasn't on Raw. And, yeah, he's not on Raw. Why, why can't you get this guy on TV? Like, why is a guy who's so popular, who's so beloved, why are they not finding anything for this guy to do? Say that about a lot of people. <laughs> you can, but I just feel like he's got so much fanfare around him. And he is such, like, a, to steal a phrase from Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the, the white meat baby face. Like, there aren't many of those. He just, I, I don't get why they can't find something for him to do every week. Especially when you know, I mean, whether it's, if, you know, you want to call it an average Raw match, it, he's typically, if he's on a match or a Raw, whether you're invested or not, if you rewatch every match, it's going to be the best match, most likely. Yeah. If not, it's going to be the runner up. We know who, you know who I want him to face. Who do you want him to face? Tony Nese. <laughs> That'd be un- unbelievable. That's like a wet dream. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I mean, that's incredible. That that match would be awesome. I mean, two great workers, two great guys in the ring together. It sucks that he couldn't be a heel or Roman can't be a real heel because it would be great to see him and Roman feud for the U.S. I title. Was, I was hoping we would we would get that because that would have been really good. I want to versus Rusev. I mean, that would have been good, too. I just don't get why they can't get him on TV, why he's not being used. And if he's not going to be used, why isn't he on Tuesday nights? Because they'd use him there. Yeah. And they'd have a role for him there. Um, Tag team championships on the line. Gallows and Anderson against the New Day. This is another case where I thought the Raw match was better than the pay-per-view match. Yeah. They went into Clash of Champions, 399-day title reign. I like that Gallows and Anderson were a lot more physical and imposing. And this is actually one of the things that I do remember specifically that uh, Joey mentioned in his email, how weird it is that they knew they had to cheat to win. I thought it was odd. He thought it was odd. Do you guys think it was odd that they had to use Francesca too to win the match? No, I mean my my theory on it was that in a way it keeps Anderson and Gallows looking not as bad, and I'm, I know, I know <laughs> not I know, as bad. I, I, I know I, I know you guys Alu specifically chews them up every week. I mean, I'll tell you what most disappointing thing Sunday to Monday to me was those matches, not because of the match, just because one opening segment into the match, I'm still being hopeful. Once the match be, during the entrance, I'm just like. I hope these guys can win. Then the next night when they start off, it was the opening thing for Raw, correct? Wasn't the opening, no. Oh, yeah. yeah, they, they, they know. yeah so, but right when they got to the match, and I was like, wow, they're giving these guys a rematch. They've already lost to them in title matches two to three times. I was like, they got it. Tonight's yeah. their night. And then when they lost again, I was let down because I really wanted them to win. And it kind of goes back to, uh, Alo pointed this out several months ago. Several months ago, the commentary before the, the um, split, the brand split, they were mentioning nonstop about how they were approaching the longest WWE tag title reign. The saddest thing to me, and I, I love the New Day, mm-hmm. and I think we've all mentioned on here, they don't need the belts no more, yeah. but... I think due to what commentary is doing now, we got 70 plus more days of them. Yeah, because I've heard Demolition's name in 17 years. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've watched it for 17 years, I haven't heard Demolition's name once. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, unless it was um, a special on the network 
or a Hall of Fame speech. You never hear them mention Demolition, but they did it on Clash of Champions. They started mentioning they're the second longest reigning tag titles. And I, I, I kind of hate, like I didn't realize this until a couple months ago, mm-hmm. that these tag titles currently are running off of the original Smack, SmackDown yeah, so, tag so, titles. Yeah, I, so I mentioned that before. That, that like irks the life out of me. So they... Whenever year they came out, O two or O three or whatever year those tag belts came out, that's when they're continuing from. So they're not continuing off of the original WWE well, WWF yeah. tag. Well, belts. those like, are going. Those are known as the World Tag Team Titles. Yeah, and and Michael Cole, uh, Spawn of the World, he's over there <laughs> on commentary. He's like, you know, oh like yeah, Cole? he he's like the Demolition held the old World Tag Title. I was like, this is just this is trash. But so you know, I predict, and as much as it. I forget where I read it. Someone saying, or what do you think? Your opinion on it? I guess it makes sense for the new day to outdo demolition on their saddle reign. I really, I really don't. It's a long time. That's the it's over three months because and it takes us into the new year. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking. Oh, or no, wait, that's, 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 closer, no, that's closer to New Year. That's at yeah. least middle November, probably. Seventy days. So let's see. Or Thirty d- days d- gets to December, maybe. Yeah, it's it's closing in on December. Yeah. And then another thing is like they got this new Sheamus and Cesaro tag team, which I'm fine with that. But I'll yeah. get I'll get to that because I was just stupid. I was say, I, I, I'm not mad about that at all. And I'm actually, uh, but it's one of those things. It almost teased right away that they're gonna get the belts. That's yeah. how. It, so that's where like I'm actually confused. Where I believe, okay, cool. The commentary just screwed me. Like uh, yeah. tag, tag divisions been kind of awful, and then. I'm not. I don't want to knock the new day. They do good stuff. I just feel like they need to freshen something up, or they need to just go out there and be edgy again, and maybe be heels again. Yeah. The, the tag division hasn't been good all year. We've had one good tag match <laughs> all year, and I think y'all might have forgot about it. New Day and Y2AJ. Uh, I was no, no, about no, to say awesome. that, that I, was the only good tag match. I honestly hoped you would have said a different one so I could have a counter argument, but <laughs> oh, no, I'm all over that. Uh, the there probably was a good tag match, but it probably did not have to do with the tag team championships <laughs> or the tag team champions. Tag team title division has been nothing good. No, nothing good. The one thing I'll say, and this actually will set up a question I know we have from uh, the the most incredible Donovan, the low down Lloyd. No relation. <laughs> he, uh, what's his name? Biggie did the uh, like the suicide dive slash spear through the ropes, which. He's going to really get hurt one of these times. It, it terrifies me every time he does it now. Talk about Cesaro's. Cesaro's that was scary. Really that was bad. hard to watch. Mm-hmm. So what was the question we had about He said, do you think they'll, they'll, they'll ban dives through the middle rope? So this kind of gets into my feelings about, you know, the Michinoku driver and anything where you're dropping somebody on their head and neck. Um, if the pile driver is banned... If the curb stop is banned, this is something you may have to think about doing away with because we've seen it too often. Sasha landed on her head uh, on Raw, whatever it was, a month and a half ago. Cesaro landed on his head again at the pay-per-view. Big E, I believe, has gotten hurt doing that move before. I believe he took a nasty spill, but I don't think he was technically hurt from it. Uh, are you talking about on, the, uh, on Raw or are you talking about In general, before? I think a couple months ago was, there was a title defense. Few rough bumps. Yeah, I don't he think, takes I don't some think it's bumps, worth it. but I don't think he's been like necessarily hurt from it. He's going to get hurt eventually. So I don't think it's worth the risk. This may be just because of, like most people, I was a fan during the most you know aggressive mm-hmm. era of it all. I don't think it should be banned. I think if anything, they should ban certain people from doing it. 
<laughs> so if there's not not to knock Sasha, she knocked laid on her head. Cesaro just laid on his head. If somebody like that is gonna do that and land like that and do it again, that's their own damn fault. And if they're you know they choose kind of what to do, and maybe they were telling people 13 years ago, let's go do a ladder match once a month. And they're not doing those high-risk things. Right. But if you're choosing to dive through the rope, and I, not just because I'm a fan of them, I feel like it got red hot when Punk and then Brian started doing it. Brian did get hurt badly doing it. You know, Punk did it in his Money in the Bank match with Cena. He's done it countless other times, but he never got severely hurt. Brian did get hurt. Other people are going to keep doing it. I just feel like if you're if you're going to choose to take that risk, that's on you. I don't think that should be banned because it's not. You're, you're hurting yourself. It's not like you're putting someone else at risk. So if you're going to choose to do it, do it wisely. And I'll, it doesn't make sense to be banned. My True. Opinion. Before A-Lo, before right, you... Down. Yeah, before you give your response, Lita landed on her head one time. Yep. Is that yes. how she did it, or was it a different... Was it a moonsault or something? No, it was through the ropes. Middle All ropes. right. I wanted to Trish. clarify yeah. that. So what are, what are your thoughts on the possibility of banning? I don't think they're anywhere close to doing it. I'm not going to ban it. They're not. Because I, I think they'll put it on the... On the Talent to catch them. Make sure you catch them. They're probably just nailing your head. Make sure you catch them. If they do that, make sure you catch them. To me, that's where going over the top rope is safer because yeah. you're going up and coming down yeah. as opposed to diving straight at somebody where you can't you can't control it as much. Mm-hmm. And going between the ropes, you got a rope above you and a rope below you that your feet could hit yeah. on the way out. That that's what Cesaro did. His feet hit the top yeah. rope. And it kind of turned his yeah, body. Sasha did the same thing. Yeah, because with Cesaro, that was hard to watch because like he, went, he went straight like a dart. Yeah. And it was like real hard to watch. So the thing I really like about when Big E does it, it's like, look how big that boy is. Yeah. He I'm should, not saying it's not He should not be doing something. High I literally, again, I was sitting there watching it with a friend of mine who's not a fan of WWE. And I'm like, watch this. Because <laughs> you know it's coming yeah. and you're looking forward to it. And it's a freight train knocking someone out, and then he's taking a bump. Mm-hmm. He's taking a fall. So my thing is, that makes sense. Someone that big isn't going to go jumping off the top rope and I or over the top rope. So I understand, you know, you're going to see these high-flying, over-the-top stuff with the cruiserweight division here mm-hmm. now. But if somebody has the flexibility, and Sasha probably could do it. You know, Lita would do it from every angle possible. But if you're... If it's not safe for you to go through the ropes, why not try something different? Everyone's doing the through the ropes thing. Maybe it should be limited. Well, that's becoming like the new super kick. Yeah, yeah. Super kick! <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really good point. It, it is almost like that. It is. Which, I mean, I remember like once it was, for a while it was Punk and Brian, and you know, like when they would have matches against the Shield, they would do it together. And you would look forward to it because it was just the two of them. It was kind of like, uh, and I mean, it's only one person. Like, um, Ambrose is like into the second rope, reverse clothesline. Like I remember when he was with the Shield, and then it started seeing that every week. I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, I wish you only saw this from the pay per view." <laughs> like one Raw a month. Yeah, it was kind of fitting that Lowdown mentioned this because I don't know if you heard Vince Russo's podcast today. I, I haven't listened to it okay. in a while. So Rocky Mountain Pro, his promotion he worked mm-hmm. with, they have a TV deal. Yeah, starting Col- soon, I believe. Yeah, in Colorado, I think it starts this week or whatever. The TV taping starts this mm-hmm. week or whatever. And he went over the rules for his for Rocky Mountain Pro. He said, wrestling should be in the ring. That's what he said. It shouldn't be all over the place out in the crowd. So, they, if you go outside the ring, you have a five count and not a ten count. You get disqualified. Okay. 
If you do any dives outside or over the top rope, you get disqualified. Okay. And I think Eric mentioned the 10-minute time limit because he feels that you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. I forgot, uh, I, I forgot his other reasoning. I can't remember the top of my head. <coughs> maybe maybe I'll, next week I'll mention I'm going to watch that horse shit. My guess is a big part of it is that he wants this to look as different from WWE as possible. Like, he can't trash WWE on his podcast every week and then be part of a show that's trying to look like WWE every week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest reason is he's hedging his bets. They're like, all right, how can I come on here and say, oh, Raw, all they're doing is flips and whatever, and then the guys Does he have in my company. already signed? Is there anyone already? It, it's like in, it's, it's a indie. very small indie yeah. promotion Those, in and like Everyone's in the indie, indie, like, no, like. No, it's like, like a local Colorado. Thing. Yeah, it's, there are people not from Colorado there. But, yeah, it's, it's localized to the Denver area, I believe. Um, but there are, there are established people that have been in this promotion for a while. Like, he just kind of jumped on it. If you haven't seen it yet or heard of it, what is it called? The Business of the Business is a YouTube show he's doing. I mentioned it on our show before. But basically, he's showing how he talks to the, the talent and kind of helps them develop their character, helps them do their promos helps him with all these different things and it's really interesting i've seen about four or five episodes there's probably somewhere around between eight and ten now i haven't seen them all but i'm curious to see how that whole thing goes a 10 minute time limit though i mean it's just that's short Mm -hmm. but i guess they probably have an hour it's one of those things like i just said like i just brought up like i don't know like that whole it's kind of a turnoff. No dives. I mean, or no outside. I understand you want to be different, but it's just like, again, like in a dream world, I'm a fan of ECW. Like yeah. I, I wish there, I wish, I still wish there was a hardcore title. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say I don't either. Although it wouldn't work nowadays, but it's a joke. <laughs> Cesaro and Shane, as we mentioned, the what should have been mathematically impossible in a best of seven series, we ended up with a tie. <laughs> um. <laughs> Here's what I, I did not like to finish. I wanted there to be a resolution. But here's what I will say about these two guys. First of all, they both put everything they had yeah, into that. I don't actually you invested into that match. It. And this is the first thing I put in my notes was that I don't care about this match because I know ne- neither guy is going to go anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's not going to lead to a push for anybody. But despite me not caring, about 10 minutes into it, I cared. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I, like, I, I was invested in it. So Foley says, "You'll both get your title shot, but you'll do it as a tag team." Well, well, he he doesn't say. It. He just says, "You guys are going to get it together." Which immediately, I was kind of intrigued triple because threat. I figured it was going to be a triple threat for the United States so Championship because the, a lot of the buzz was that's what the you know there was never a specified title. Right. My thing is, he said, he, "I thought long and hard about this." You had to think long about hard by giving him a rematch. <laughs> Well, he said, he said why he didn't want to give him a rematch. You mean that between the two of them? Yeah. He said, I think if you guys have another match... Someone's going to get like hurt. Like, one of you is going to be hurt. I can't afford to lose either. I don't want to lose either one of you. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep you guys separated. So that's why he said... So it's not like they just didn't address the idea okay. of a rematch. He just said he didn't okay. want to do I, I must have missed that part. Yeah. I, was, I, I, wrote that, I typed that in all caps when this was going on. But... I'm fine with them being a tag team. I think team. he said it in the locker room. It was a, the little locker yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, locker room. Exactly. yeah. But I'm fine with them being a tag team because I actually, I actually like that because I think they'd actually be a formidable team. Like, me too. I, I like Sheamus more as a babyface. That's just me. 
per, that's just me personally, but I think this would be a great tag team because we love throwing together tag teams like Team Hell No, Booker Team Goldust. Mm-hmm. Those are always great because those guys always kind of complement each other. I'm perfectly fine with these two being a tag team. Me too. They're both like monsters. I, I like it. I think it'll be good. It's And it gives them both something to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, that exactly makes sense. And I'm sure Cesaro really wants a singles push, which. Mm-hmm. I would love for him, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen in the foreseeable future. No. The one thing I do recall, right before the League of Nations, you know, Sheamus was saying in interviews that he actually wants to be part of a tag team, a successful tag team. So it's something he's never he's never won a tag title, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, is it's something that almost makes me think maybe the New Day doesn't get their seventy-five plus more days, but or maybe we just got to wait seventy-five days of uh, Sheamus and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro working together. But the fact that we think, on one hand, you could see the New Day having 70 more days, or you could see these two possibly dethroning them, at least it throws some uncertainty into it. But I like That's it. the one thing I do like. I, I, I like when you don't know. Yeah, I was, and I was clamoring for the Sami Zayn-Neville tag team. Yeah. To continue to be a thing because that would give Sami Zayn something to do was, and Neville something to do. That was a thing for a night. Yeah, one night. Where's uh, Neville? Uh, SummerSlam pre-show. Yeah. Uh, cruiserweights, their first time on a Raw pay-per-view. T.J. Perkins defending his belt against the Brian Kendrick. T.J. Who? <laughs> T.J. Perkins. The guy that wasn't on Raw. The guy who wasn't okay. on Raw. Who nobody? I shouldn't say nobody. Who a large portion of the, the fan base probably didn't know. Are you getting the thirty ones? <laughs> Are you getting the thirty oh, no. ones? No. <laughs> um, Some best friend. Like you should just pick up one I talked you. about right away. Do you think that? This match was as good as a lot of the cruiserweight classic matches. Because I thought this was like a little bit sloppy. It was sloppy. It was his first. It was their first match on a WWE stage. You have to remember these guys are more supervised. It, like Triple H and, and the CW Super, like just go out there. Yeah. Just go out there and put on the best performance you guys can. This is more supervised. More supervised match. I thought the match was fine. It was sloppy at times, but I thought the match was fine. It told a story. I want stories in the cruiserweight division. I'm glad it told stories because Brian Kendrick's been awesome. Yeah. Because he's playing. He's playing this. What's the word I'm looking for? He's. He is. Resi- I'll say he's being real resilient to because this is his last chance. Mm-hmm. This is like his second chance in life. Even Cole mentioned it. it's like this is his second chance in in the WWE. He may never get this again. That's how he's acting. He's doing everything possible to win these matches. I even like when he did after the match, even headbutting TJ Perkins. Yeah. Because it's like okay, you beat me, but this isn't over. The thing Set I also liked up. about it, it just shows in a hundred different ways. And mind you, I didn't watch any except like his first couple months when he came over in SmackDown. But I never watched like. Any of Brian Kendrick's stuff, so just shows you like a ruthless. Like somebody takes a cheap shot, it's usually a punch, a smack, a low blow, a kick. Something. My man headbutted him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it because he was dirty all throughout the cruiserweight class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that they kept that narrative going. I liked that now they set up something for them to keep yeah. fighting over. Yeah. How great was T.J. Perkins' eight-bit entrance music? I, I loved like everything about his entrance. Huh? I didn't like the beginning. No? You know what? I don't know if I noticed this the during um, cl- during um, Clash of the Champions. I, I think it just went over my head, but I noticed it on Raw when he came out. I love when he shows the Cruiserweight division up yeah. front, yeah. and it shows him yeah. selected. I thought yeah. that was great. It's awesome. I loved everything about his entrance. I think it's great. I think it gets him over with the fans real quick. Uh, yeah, it may make you like him more or not, but yeah. he's also wrestling in the latest... Jordan model, so yeah, that makes me a little more. I like it. 
I, I can get behind it. Don't really like the shoe, but I like him doing it. Yeah. So he has a match on Raw with the pop of the night. Knees. The pop of the night. I'm marked out. Me too. I was <laughs> I was really happy to see it. Love that guy. Huge fan of his work. So I couldn't be a nicer guy. I mean, we spent what probably five minutes with him yeah. two weeks ago. He was like super friendly with all of us. Really like a humble guy. Uh, we tweeted him the picture. I don't remember who did. The picture of us from House of Hardcore. And he tweeted back saying, hey guys, maybe I'll have like a purple title with me the next time you see me. That's awesome. Which I thought was great. Like yeah. He's a really cool guy. was really happy for him to see him on Raw. But now I'm, this made me pissed off at the fans again. Because you're point. watching two unbelievable performers... One guy making his debut. Well, both guys making their Raw debut. Tony Perkins had, or TJ Perkins, Tony Perkins. TJ Perkins hadn't been on Raw yet. Why are you chanting for CM Punk and Randy Savage during this match? <laughs> Why? Where Where was this at? Was this in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. you yes. said? What are you chanting for two guys? One guy who's never coming back. <laughs> I know people say never say never with WWE. That dude is never coming back. <laughs> and we're not talking about punk. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure you guys are getting this. Yeah, punk is never going to go back to WWE. There's nothing I don't think that could happen that would bring him back. Um, it, it's, it's disrespectful, for one. Not to mention, any... And this is why I always say, you can't, as fans, think that if you boo and complain, they'll change anything. Because you're still spending your money to get in the building... You're still buying T-shirts. You're still buying title belts. And you're still subscribing to the network. They're still on that Daniel. Why Bryan would they change high? anything yeah. if they're if they're taking your money? Well, they're still on that Daniel Bryan high because they had to change the rest of WrestleMania main event. It's like, okay, we still boot it. Maybe it'll change again. You know what? And again, it's one thing. And I I guess I could see when they want to do it against Stephanie or when he comes out as GM. And maybe it's because, and like I told you guys, ever since he retired, I've started liking him more and more. And then there's some of his old stuff I've been watching, and I'm just like, I wish I appreciated him when he was there, because I was never big on Daniel. But I am so over that. Yes, Chan. They gotta come up with something else. I understand they're still doing what this many years later. I understand that you saw comes, but that is just, I, I can't stand it. But I, I do agree. Like I told you, like, when... Right when I saw Nice on the screen coming out, I was surprised because I was the first one to approach him after mm-hmm. House of Hardcore, and I said to him, I was like, you know, I hope we see you on Raw soon, and I told him my preference, I, I hope he just skips the Cruiserweight division, goes to SmackDown, smacks both your boy Miz up, takes the IC strap. <laughs> Neither here nor there. You also but, told Ricochet he needs to go on Raw, and, or go on SmackDown and take the Intercontinental. Yeah, I, I, well that's because he had the Intercontinental A6 right, already. I thought he was trying to, uh, he's to bring some credit to him. He's to bring Tessa with him. <laughs> but my, my whole thing was, I was invested in that match right when I saw Nice come out. I was a little bothered because, one, I don't think we're going to see that he's completely contracted with WWE no, because right. he has... No, no, he's on the roster. He he he's coming he's up on the thing? He's a oh, okay. WWE. He, he's the he's still, he has a, a lot of indie shows still coming up. He's got... Well, he's well, he's allowed to work his Evolve. Yeah, matches. he's got that, and then I think he's got two House Hardcore shows next yeah, they'll month. Pro- they'll probably let him do that. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like we all said straight up, we said to him straight up, you know, love to see you again. I told him, I was like, honestly, I hope when we're back in December, I don't see you. Because obviously I, I want him on WWE full yeah. time. Yeah, he deserves but it. It's one of those. There's, I think, what Punk left over two years ago now. Mm-hmm. The first time, and probably the only time ever 
I wasn't happy to hear his name chanted. <laughs> Only time ever. Because I, I've done it at every show we go to, but it was just one of those things. I was like, you know, bad crowd, Clash of Champions, and that was the worst part overall for the crowd. And I was sitting here, I was like, I understand if you guys... And you got to understand, most people watching Raw or, or when they're on the pay-per-view probably didn't watch CWC, but I was just like, these people have no clue what yeah. they're watching right now. Yeah, like you don't know the, the gift that has just been bestowed upon you with this guy. Jericho didn't mention, even give it up. It wasn't yeah. even from Jericho. Yeah, not to mention... <laughs> not to mention... Ben got a damn chuckle. <laughs> Best well, friend doesn't need a snicker. The, the, wheels, the wheels were turning in my head. You know I get distracted easy. Um... The fact that this the crowd is supposed this is what you're supposed to want is guys like this. You hate Roman Reigns because he's not that. You hate John Cena because he's not that. Then you get that and you're chanting for CM Punk. They, just, like, they just need me as his mouthpiece and he'll be straight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gotta get you cutting that promo at some point. Yeah, I, just, uh, I need I need that many beers in, in me first. Yeah, last thing to mention from Raw, we had the cruiserweight tag match, which I thought was good. That was awesome. Yeah. Cedric was Alexander awesome. and Swan. Mm-hmm. The, the, wasn't the crowd more into that? Yeah, yeah. Against Lindsay Dorado and Drew Gulak, who, but one from Camden, one from Philadelphia. I thought that was pretty. Time out, time out, time out. Big problem I have with that. Uh-huh. Great problem because I from you the, love the, Lindsay. I like Lindsay <laughs> from his first match. He says in his promo, and then they say it in the promo right when he comes out. He's from Bayamon, Puerto Rico, yeah. but when he comes out, they said he was from Camden. So now I'm confused. He like, was, I believe, he was representing Puerto Rico. Maybe he was born there, but I think he has lived maybe that's and trained in Camden. Uh, but but I don't know why they did that. Yeah, that doesn't make no sense. You literally have Lillian Garcia say from Camden, well, well, and then well, don't you dare mix up Lillian with the greatness of JoJo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm used to Lillian jobbing. JoJo jobs too. She jobbed. Don't disrespect. The other, the other thought I might have on that is the cruiserweight classic was really embracing the idea that these people are from all over the world. They might have because the one guy I think was from Israel. They were saying he was from Scotland. Like there was a lot of stuff like that where they talked about people's heritage more so than where they're actually from. So I think they probably wanted to emphasize the Puerto Rico part. Because it's just another way to say somebody's from another place. Um, but it was a good match. You're right, the crowd was more into it. And again, I'm glad to see all four of these guys on Raw. The more of these guys we get to see, the better. I like so far that, I, you know, um, I think almost all the ones that I really want. Yeah, seen. I got all the ones I want. Yeah. We haven't seen Jack Gallagher. Nice, nice and Dorado yeah, were the ones yeah, I was hoping I, I, for. The yeah, most. I just wanted Nice, and I got we got Alexander and Swan was already signed, so I've got basically everybody. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm really happy about it. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, we had a title match as the main event: Ambrose challenging AJ Styles. I liked Dina because AJ has gotten a lot of mileage out of saying he's the he's the face that runs the place. He's the guy that beat up John Cena. Well, now Dean Ambrose can say, well, yeah, I did that too. Yeah, that's old news. Because he just did. <laughs> I like that they kind of put Dean on equal footing with AJ. AJ hadn't really didn't quote-unquote beat Dean because of the low blow at the pay-per-view. Even last night, he... I love that. Say that? Comes, I don't say that? I don't think so. Uh, well, they, so, they talk about the low blow. It's in every, uh, every video they show that they the show. But uh, I loved AJ coming out of the ring and hitting Cena. Yeah, that was great. Cena coming back, getting involved in the match, cost AJ cost Dean Ambrose the match. He pins him holding on to the jeans. The commentary actually mentioned it. 
And then they Cena ends up, you know, going over both guys. But first I like, time in my life, uh-huh. I'm actually not mad. <laughs> that was great because as much as I understand he's everywhere, he's got his hands in a lot of stuff right now, and if he's doing these favors, great. It took you long enough, <laughs> but it's just one of those things. They still got to make him look strong. So he got dirty deeds last week. He can't, like, you know, he, it, it made sense for him to stand tall. Yeah. Now, I almost think, and this is unfortunate in a way, but I think Cena overshadowed that whole segment between the two of them because they're really talking about the 16th world title reign. Well, I actually, I'm not, again, I'm not mad they're doing that because they got to keep the fact that Cena's in this match. They got to keep it relevant. Mm-hmm. I don't see him winning. I see AJ retaining. I see him holding the belt for a while. I think they're actually, I wish they were doing a little more, kind of exactly what Austin said months ago to Dean. I think he needs to, all three of them, to an extent, need to go out there and turn it up. Mm-hmm. I think in a dream world, if they were keeping this like a show and this stuff was going on backstage and you were actually getting more of these fights and maybe even have AJ be real heelish and make it personal like I think he should go up and do something to Nikki you're not going to see that happen don't do that I just think it would be so smart because right now they got him like at least they're keeping Dean look strong Everyone's saying how bad his title reign Cena was. Cena cut a but promo actually, on Dean on Talking Smack last night. Excellent. Time. I didn't get to watch it yet. I'm going to watch it Basically, what he said was, this goes exactly to your point, so may, maybe they're reading your mind. He listened oh, to the yeah. sh- Cena listened to the show. <laughs> He's Cena a big said, fan. Cena made the point that... He was our first five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said there were three guys in the Shield. Two of them are huge stars on Raw, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Dean, he's still trying to figure it out. Like, just totally... Buries Dean beneath the other two. Says, uh, kind of trash him about some stuff he said about Cena. Granted, I don't buy any of it as a shoot, but... The be- the best line he had, I don't mean to plug Raw, but Ambrose had a good match tonight, but Cesaro's has a ton of good matches. Yeah. He should have figured that out, too. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been saying about Dean Ambrose. He, mm-hmm. he, hasn't really, he hasn't really had good matches. I've said, I've said that since we started the show. That's why I don't care for Dean Ambrose that much. Did you care for Dean Ambrose more before we got into this year than you do now, or did you kind of always... I've always felt this way, because I just feel his matches haven't been nothing to go home about. People love him from when he was in the Shield, because out of all the guys, you would think he would be the the, the top heel out of all these guys, but they don't turn, they don't turn him heel. They always had stopping goals with him, and people want to get behind this guy, but every time they want to get... They, they, he he had his top popularity. They did nothing with him. They threw him with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, that's the only win Bray Wyatt ever has in his career. Yeah. Against <laughs> Ambrose. And then you have him. He, he had the stuff with. Big Rob. part of why I probably hate Bray is because I hate that he. <laughs> that and then what was that? A pinfalls anywhere match where he jumped, gave him the elbow. What was really, the stipulation? Remember, they, had, they had so many matches within. When he two gave months. that la- that elbow off that ladder, and then <laughs> he goes through the table, and then like a breath of fresh air hits Bray, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna win." Gets yeah. up. With Sister Abigail on the ground, it's over. His stuff with Rollins is always good. They they put him in a match with Triple H, which was an excellent, match. which was which was an excellent match. But we already knew he wasn't coming out that. They 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 like okay, he's facing Brock at WrestleMania. This is where he should go over. He's the hot. He could be the hottest thing in the company. He is the hottest thing coming, and he loses. He's like probably in the worst feud of the year with Jericho, which 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 was entertaining at times. The matches were horrible. Yeah. 
And uh, and uh, and uh, and um, thought you guys are high on that asylum match. Only you. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> and then he sat went, next to you, best friend. And you then he was right. <laughs> you were freaking out. How bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> but and then money in the bank to LA, he was a world title, and I've said like he, but he won a title. Like he doesn't feel like champion because he never really has best done anything important. I popped it, when he cashed in. I know you popped. I was with you. <laughs> best friend. Yeah, best. I was, I was your best friend. But but. But I said, when it came down to his SummerSlam stuff with Ziggler, I thought he was great. And now he's been excellent. But the thing is, th- this finish was per- booked perfectly. Because any other time you just see one guy knock the guy with commentary out, and then the match ends that, and the guy who got knocked out will come up to the rope, and it ends that way. Both guys went after Cena. Yeah. And I like that because it interacted Cena in the finish. And it has, and now Cena, that, that progresses the whole feud, but, this, but the main heat between the two is Ambrose and Cena. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and I don't want to talk too much about this, but obviously John Cena has earned that 16th title reign. Your article was about that. My article was about that. And I was one of the top Cena haters two years ago. And over the course of time, I came around. Because, like I said, I stopped watching wrestling in part because I was tired of John Cena already. But then I got to a point where I'm like, well, look. He, he's. I'm pretty sure he's not the one writing everything he does. They want him in that position. Um, he's in that position for a reason. The guy does a lot of good for the company. Uh, he goes out and does all these other projects and keeps coming back and trying to bring those people that are watching him on this other stuff back with him. He's not abandoning WWE. He's staying right in it. And just the fact that he's been on top for so long and cares so much, he's still trying to get better now, is why I think he deserves it. But what I hope they do, and because I don't want him to win this title, this monumental moment, and most of the crowd is booing it. Because that is, when you see greatness, you should appreciate it. I think, because when he had his match at SummerSlam, or no, it was, it was Night of Champions, when he, um, when he faced against Rollins. For the U.S. title? Or was that SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah, never mind. It was SummerSlam. SummerSlam last year when it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's why um, the I, I'm not gonna remember his it name right now. Ma- well, who, who ran in on it? John oh, Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart specifically said, "I had to do that yeah. so you didn't tie Flair." So my whole thing is that was a big match feel, this triple threat, and I'm not gonna knock the potential of New No Mercy. It doesn't make sense for him to win. He. He should bring in some spotlight to the match to make you watch mm-hmm. it. But, number one, it doesn't make any sense. I understand it's going to be AJ's second title defense. He doesn't need a short title. No, range. I don't think there's any chance in winning. Because, one, I think he's going to film that American Grit show again. Yeah, so. a- a- AJ's going to retain. I think uh, Dean's supposed to go do a, a movie in a month. Mm-hmm. So, my whole thing, though, I-, I agree with what you're saying. What they really need, and I don't know if AJ is going to be capable of it, but he needs to be a red-hot heel. Yeah. Or Cena has to be facing a red-hot heel to get that 16th win and anyone to care. Yeah. What I what I want, though, is because everybody thinks it's inevitable that he's going to get it. And it's inevitable match... he's going to get to 17. He's going to break <laughs> he I might. think he'll get 16, but AJ's a perfect person for him to get 16 on because AJ's beat him twice. Yeah. Cena hasn't beat him more than one. He beat him in a tag match, but it's still a pinfall victory over him. But AJ's been rubbing in his face since 
Money in the Bank, and now since SummerSlam, so this is kind of the perfect person for Cena to be. I don't think he's going to win this match, yeah. but I do think he'll get be a good somewhere like a, a Rumble or Mania. Yeah, but I kind of want it to be where he has a struggle, to, where he like comes close yeah. and doesn't get it a few times. If they push it off to next year, it's I've been doing this since I got here. Yeah, I got here, I did this, and I beat up John Cena. I beat up John Cena all twenty sixteen. Yeah, you you can build up AJ. Over the course of the next, you know, eight months or however long we're talking about. And you can get Cena tell the story of him, like, coming close. AJ can keep saying, like, you don't have it anymore. You're not as good as me. And then you feel like Cena, storyline-wise, the people who do hate him might feel like, well, he really earned it if people are willing to buy into that story. I'd like to see them tell a good story with it, not just do it. Yeah. It's kind of the point that I'm getting at. Yeah. Because you could just give it to him, but then... It, it doesn't really mean as much. Yeah, because I'm. I, I think we're going to get Ambrose Cena, eventually in the next coming next few months. I, I'm, I'm not sure how long American Grid takes, but I think we're getting Ambrose Cena. Yeah, what was he off? Like two, three months. I think he's supposed to be away uh, for two, and Dean's supposed was, to be away for one. Okay. He came back for the first Raw of the year. He left in October, so it was about two months. Okay. Uh, I told you last week for the first time. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler made me believe. He turned me into a mark where I was actually like upset that he didn't win the Intercontinental Championship last week. I thought this segment with <coughs> Ziggler and The Miz was gold uh, on SmackDown. Eric, if you don't like this, there's something wrong with you. Because this was excellent. The Miz. I, I, I have <laughs> my nitpicks. <laughs> well, you have The Miz coming home to Cleveland. One one. How do you. Go. The Miz coming home to Cleveland at his arrogant best. Talking about when all you guys were so desperate for a championship, you you know got on board with a traitor like LeBron James. I had already won the main event at you WrestleMania. You saw him cover his picture backstage. Yeah, that was great. It was awesome. Um, I loved him. You know, talking himself up obviously as he always does. Points out his parents and then finds Ziggler's parents in the crowd and says, "You had you guys are responsible for creating a world class loser." They told him to try. Those are the ones who told him to try real hard. Yeah, they told him to try so hard. That's the one. That's the woman he's always on the phone with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ziggler comes out, responds to it. Don't talk to my family. Don't talk to my friends. If you got something to say, say it to me. And the Miz obviously just dismisses him. I keep beating you. Like I'm the champion. I've been the champion for 176 days. I have my Hollywood mansion. You know all these things that he's saying, and all you do is lose all the time. Which Dolph can't really argue with because he does. So this is a real life thing that Dolph Ziggler fans have been upset about for quite some time. That they have now made part of the story. He's a loser. He tells, and I love that Miz says to him, "Unless I'm not going to do another match, unless you're putting your career on the line, I have no interest." And walks away. Dolph does get cuts a great promo about why he's still there, how much he loves this. This is everything that he is. I will put my career on the line. And the way The Miz reacted to that as he was walking away, like he just stopped and kind of like crept his way back up to the ring. Like, wait a minute, what did you just say? He gets in there. So you're, you're saying I get to say I ended your career. If you don't hang it up after I beat you again, like I'll hang it up for you. I thought both guys were great in this segment. Again, like I, I find myself now pulling for Ziggler, which I never thought I'd say that. But I'm glad that if he's going to be a babyface, he's actually doing it in a very believable, entertaining way. So, Alo, do you want to give your thoughts, or do you no, want to hear? I want, I want to hear my best friend before I disown <laughs> him first. I want to hear you, best friend. Go ahead, because you said you have nitpicks. I don't know how you have nitpicks with this. Go ahead. 
overall segment was done decently. What? <laughs> I just decently. thought. I just thought there's definitely some nitpicks. It could have been better because one, they actually did a de- decent um, promo for him of his whole start start no, to finish Miz. career. So that was a great. I video know. Package. I know. Alo, Alo probably was freaking out because he was a fan of him or in the real world. He was a fan mm. of him or in Tough Enough. <laughs> he was a fan of all that stuff. So I'm seeing all that. And I'm like, geez, this is really how bad he is. Like he was terrible then. And then this was right when I started watching when he had his uh, tag title run with um, the Big Show, and I was like, that was terrible. I'm glad <laughs> I just got to remember how bad he was. <laughs> then I see his U.S. title win, I was like, well, that sucked too. And then you got to see him cash in, and I was like, there Can it I is. That's else? why I hate him. But, Worst WWE champion. But, but of doesn't all. that kind of doesn't that kind of enhance why people hate him so much? Like he's they're showing a video highlight of all this stuff he did that wasn't really. That I good. wish I wish what they did. Is if he's a five-time Intercontinental Champion, I wish they would have showed the three times he beat Dolph Ziggler, just to remind me how many times I've seen this. <laughs> but this is the credit that I'll give to them. I thought I don't want to see this anymore. But what they did last week had me excited, and then what they did this week, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to see the match because I know Ziggler's finally going to win. <laughs> But I, I think that's part of, and this is, the way Ziggler made me buy in as like a child, like a child fan, like not knowing what's going on, I feel like is what The Miz does to you. Well, so. He, he makes you legitimately hate him. So, I'm always looking at it, just because, when I say nitpick, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. He was a mm-hmm. WWE champion five years ago. You got a picture of him up with the belt. Damn, if you're such a good Intercontinental champion, why don't you have a picture of you with the IC title up there, too, at least? But, and then also, so my one thing, so this is what? This isn't going to happen until, no, this is happening at University. So, what, wait, we only got, what, two weeks? Yeah. So, my thing, and I hope they at least do this, that. And again, I think I've been saying this the whole show. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm asking for too much. <laughs> but we've seen Miz versus, Miz versus Ziggler a bunch of times. For, um, but actually, I guess this gets right to the rumor. I hope there's at least a stipulation. I know they were rumoring that it may be a cage match. Um, I think Ziggler does good work in a ladder match. I just think they so got the to add. They, <laughs> they, they, they got to add something, or at least ban his wife. No disqualification. Something. The only reason I'm just saying, we've seen this match since SummerSlam. Or do they have a match at Battleground? No, it was um, Backlash. Yeah, it was just. It was. It I was think backlash. it started the night after SummerSlam. The feud. Oh yeah, 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 yeah you're right. And, or no, it was the night. It was yeah, the week Sup, after Summer the talking Sam, smack the, thing happened with yeah. Daniel Bryan. Uh, so the week after, so the week after, SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like Ziggler, it's just that I know over the past three, four years, I've seen them have so many feuds. It's just like, it's just tiring. And the thing I like is, as it, much as I like Ziggler, it, you know, as much as everyone knows, I don't like the Miz. He's doing his best work yet. The thing I wish, if he's gonna lose the belt. I'm almost to the point, unless there's... I understand there's a stipulation of Ziggler putting his career up, but unless they put her in their best match out of their 19 feuds, I almost want someone else to end Miz's reign. Uh, I mean, I could see that. I just think, for Ziggler, I think it's good for him to finally overcome the Miz because he keeps losing to him. He's beat Miz, too. He has, but I feel like just in this particular storyline, he's been coming out on the wrong end the whole time. Miz can look at him from his ivory tower, so to speak, and look down on him. I think it's good for Ziggler to overcome it. Now, Halo, what do you have to say about this? I hope thing? it's not that old pair. How many nitpicks do you have? 
Ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> please excuse my best friend Eric Trembicki for his ridiculousness. Because <laughs> this promo, this this was excellent. This was everything. The detail, Miz in details. The details, the details were there. Like I said about him putting um, his picture over LeBron's backstage. Yeah. Even him talking about there were 1.3 million people at the Catalyst Parade. Mm-hmm. And this is the only people I get for me coming home. Yeah. <laughs> he has a full arena. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people, but yeah. he just compared to the Cavaliers. Yeah. That that was awesome. The the details were there. And the like he said he shot on Dolph saying, Oh you do is lose, 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 and lose. And then and Dolph comes out and said, Look, I'll put my career on the line. This was excellent. Men's even said, you know, you do what? You do what? You put your career on the line. And then this feud is a whole lot different. This gives this match a whole new dynamic. Because a man's put on his career on, on line for the Intercontinental title. Not the World title. The Intercontinental title. So this is going to be their best match. There's, there's a whole new part to the story to make the match, give a match a, a different feel. This has, this has to be a giving match. Like the dirt sheets say. So then they have all the options. Yeah. So this is going to be a giving match. Because this is probably going to be the most important match in this feud. This promo was excellent. I the Miz... He's, he's like... I remember when the brands first start, first split, and we talked about I only want to watch SmackDown for AJ and Eve Marie. They were the best yeah. on SmackDown. The Miz has since Eve Marie's been gone. The Miz has probably been my favorite thing on SmackDown because we we hardly see AJ anymore. Last night we we hardly saw AJ, but Miz has been my favorite thing because he's been great the whole time. Like I said, for the the Miz for, for the Miz to be effective as a champion, you have to have. Him do something poor against something you want, somebody you want, you you care about, and they're making people care about Dolph Ziggler because it is true. Dolph even admitted, I, all I do, all I have been doing is losing, and and now it's a rough patch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a rough patch, <laughs> and now at no mercy, he can't, he can't, he can't just try real hard because he has yeah. to win the match. Mm-hmm. So this gives the match a whole new dynamic. And once again, I apologize for the ridiculousness <laughs> of my best friend Eric <laughs> Yeah, I'm on board with the mids. I'm on board with this whole feud. Like I said, it's made me invest in Ziggler, which I haven't been able to do for a really long time. I talk about it all the time. Uh, so I'm excited for what this is going to turn into. Hopefully it is a really good match. But I really don't know what is going to happen. I don't want to lose the Intercontinental title. I kind of don't either. I really don't. Because I, I wasn't... Because sh- before it is... As much as I hate saying it, you guys are skipping over the best part of his promo. What was the best part of the promo? When he came back to the ring... He said that this isn't going to be just a 30-day sabbatical. Yeah. You can't that go to Raw. And he even put his, puts over NXT. He's like, you can't go to NXT. Mm-hmm. You're done from WWE. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. Apologize for my best friend. Leaving out, <laughs> leaving out this piece of trash is best part of his promo. <laughs> the women's division, I guess we'll move on before it gets any more heated over here between the two best friends. Um, Becky Lynch gets attacked by Alexa Bliss before she gets to the ring. Go ahead. Who was Becky going to face? That, I don't know. Maybe the she was just. All the four women were already had a match. Maybe she was just cutting a promo. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! It was a squash match. It's a good question. Smackdown doesn't have squ- those squ- enhancement matches, do they? No, yeah. Um, mm, I don't know. They huh? might have had. Uh, I believe they did have one. I don't remember who it was though. At this point. I think they had one the first week. Come on, they're like, who? Who is she going to face? She's not facing Alexa. That's what mentioned. No mercy. Yeah. And the other four had a match. So just another logical loophole. But I liked Alexa saying that she deserves it. You don't deserve this. I do. I think she's an awesome heel. Looking forward to this match a lot. 
unfortunately, you didn't get to see a lot of either one of these two on the show. Uh, but we actually have secondary women's stories with the tag match. Uh, Carmella and Natty against Naomi and Nikki. I like the way they keep building the feud between Carmella and Nikki. I like that Carmella keeps coming out on top. I like that she keeps telling her how she's coming out on top. And I don't know if Naomi and Natty are just getting thrown in there to be on TV or if we will eventually get something with the two of them individually. But I I really like what SmackDown is doing. I like what SmackDown is doing as a whole. I do too. And, but I, I like the way they're handling their women's division, even though you didn't see as much of it last night. Um, as long as as long as Natty, Carmel, not, nah, not even Carmella, Natty, Nikki, and Naomi don't talk, I'm fine. <laughs> I feel that glow trend. Those promos were terrible. They were. <laughs> and I didn't appreciate her calling Naomi Trent. Like, you gotta know when the camera's on, you're in character, you're not. She addressed that on Facebook Live. Did she? Was yeah, she she's like, well, I know I call her Trent on the show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, she said, yeah, I do. I yeah. do that. <laughs> Uh, tag division, we had the eight-man tag with American Alpha and Slater and Rhino, your WWE SmackDown tag team champions against the Ascension and the Usos. Thought more good heel work from the Usos last yeah, night. new music. New music, wearing reg- bandanas in the back pocket. Don't know what the significance of that is, but they, they did it. They banged back in the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like that they went after Gable's knee again and took out Slater's knee. Yeah, carry it over. That's, that, that should be a thing. I like the, the heel work they've been doing with that. They've been keeping, that's the third team they took out with that. Mm-hmm. How long before they're the tag team champions? Because they're going to no get mercy. it next. They'll win no mercy. One more thing, Eric. H- how heelish are white mid-top Air Force Ones? So heelish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait for you to be here to bring that up. <laughs> Is they there what I'll wear next week? Because I was like, I was like, who wear those anymore? And then I was like, oh, that's so heelish. Is there a more heel sneaker than that? That's a great question. We well, keep thinking about maybe it. it's Steph Curry's. Oh man, <laughs> that's such a white meat baby face. I was gonna say those are like the ultimate baby face. No, that, that's really good. Yeah, I hope they stick with just doing white, not black. I mean, I guess <laughs> black would technically be more heelish, but I just hate the black ones. Yeah, Orton and Bray. The, the only thing I liked about it is that it was like a story that ran throughout yes, the show. for the first time. Um, but I just feel like it, it just doesn't mean anything. I'll tell you Especially what. Especially if or, this is the part where Bray should be getting over on one. Yeah. And he's already coming out uh, looking like a sucker. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I, from the minute this started, I did not care just because I don't like Bray. Mm-hmm. I literally was running in and out of the room trying to catch segments of this. And like the media... Going to the backstage, I was like, this could be awesome. And then you'd see it later, and I immediately, if I saw Bray on the camera, I walked out of the room. I didn't <laughs> care. I mean, the ending was weird, as typically a, a Y family segment is, but it was weird for a different reason, which was the only good thing. And my, I like that it was backstage. So I guess there's two good things. I like that it was backstage, and I like that Orton ended it with the weirdness. Well, I like, I like Orton wearing the mask. Yeah, so I have a, I have a question to pose to you guys about Is this. He I want to hear Alos. Well, I don't think that's so. not the question, okay. but I just I do want to hear Alos' thoughts before I get into that about this. Yeah, oh, I'm just or do you have any? <laughs> I don't really have much. My thing is, I like that it was an ongoing thing throughout the night because how many times leading up to backlash and past backlash, they've only been on they've only been on camera what for what no more than three minutes, and then we talked about. 
this segment, talked about their feud for less than three minutes. Yeah. And we're, we're probably going to talk about giving at least four minutes justice today. Yeah. But I didn't take it really take much took much away from it. I, I like the fact there was an ongoing thing, and they actually had Orton looking for Bray. Yeah. But I think Bray should have went on top because, once again, Bray looks horrible, and the best part was Orton sitting there with the mask on. But I want Bray to have a, this match should be for Bray's career. <laughs> well, here's my question about this: Is Orton puts on the mask, starts singing "Got the Whole World in My Hands," and then you hear that like slow mo Bray Wyatt laugh. Everything starts going in reverse. I'm sitting there like, "What the hell is going on right now?" I don't now? know either. And then commentary just says, "Oh, well, that was something." Randy Orton getting in the mind of Bray Wyatt, and I'm like. Why are you not addressing that we can hear Bray laughing in slow motion and everything on the video screen just went in reverse? Why is that not a thing you're <laughs> saying, what just happened there? But he's, Bray said to Randy, like, I'm going to take you, something along the lines, I'm going to take you on a journey throughout the confines of the prison of your own mind. And that started happening. I was like, is this something that's happening in Randy Orton's mind? Are they making this like almost some type of supernatural thing? And then they never mentioned it. Because that's what I started thinking. I was like, does Randy think this all happened and maybe it didn't? I have no idea. But then they put it over like, oh, Randy just put on the mask. And whatever happened after that, they didn't acknowledge it. I don't know. I thought it was weird. I would like an explanation for what the hell it was. Hopefully it is something that favors Bray Wyatt. Because if he's not winning this part of the feud, why even have the match? <laughs> really. that's it, it defeats the whole purpose of the feud. I, I can't. I, I think he only won two matches all year. It's possible. He has. A, if he's won more than that, it's not much more. He's been hurt a lot. Because I'm only thinking he's only wrestled at least. I could probably count on one hand. By the time I've seen him, I've, I've seen him wrestle on TV. Um, unless anyone has anything else to add from SmackDown, we could do very briefly go over NXT. Not a whole lot to talk about once again. I will go off something we, uh-huh. I was going to mention it a minute ago. Real side note, just since we mm-hmm. mentioned squash matches, any of you guys hear um, Ellsworth's podcast with Jericho? I haven't listened to no. it yet. That's up I'll, next I'll tell you what. podcast queue. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's one thing just to show you how good podcasts are, because we saw him at House of Hardcore briefly, and I was like, eh, really no interest. I almost wish I spoke to the guy. That was a decent <laughs> yeah. podcast. It, see, I can't wait to see him back on the show. Yeah, Derek and Russ stopped and talked to him. They said he was a really cool guy. Um, you'd assume that I think that guy's got to be um, related. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> you think so? We'll have to get to the bottom of this then. Maybe we'll have to have the answer for next. We'll week. find out. <laughs> but yeah, they liked him. That guy's got to be like feeling on top of the world right now. When do you think that guy's ever done a signing before? I don't know. I would doubt it. And now he's. I would guarantee you. Maybe not signing. Of the people that walk when you listen there, to the show, you'll yeah. Ninety people probably walked by him. Ninety percent of the people probably walked by him and stopped and say, "His his rates went up since then." Yeah, I'm sure it did. He's got a little little heat on him now. Um, so NXT, you get the Samoa Joe segment with William Regal. He's got Shinsuke Nakamura's medical report. Um, Regal basically says, "Like I'm in, I'm responsible for everything that happens in NXT. So I'm responsible for cleaning up the mess you made." And Joe says. Well, I hope you'll be responsible enough to clean this up because if you don't do the right thing, the whole roster is going to end up just like this. So now you have Joe threatening to go on a rampage and take out the whole NXT roster, which I love Joe as a monster. 
they said something like Nakamura's out six to twelve weeks. Do you know? Is there anything on tapings that you know? Um, no, nothing. Nothing. I don't think nothing happens. I don't. Remember, I don't remember for sure, but I don't think nothing happens. Do we know when the next takeover is? Yeah, Canada. Never, never before this virus series. That's right in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we had Cedric Alexander in the main event against uh, Andrade Cien Almas. I thought that was a good match. Drop the cat hat. Uh, yeah, he suspenders. did. I like seeing Alexander go over, although I feel bad for Almas because he hasn't really gotten a chance to, to get going at all. Yeah, because look who they put him against. They put him against Ty, Ty Dillinger. is probably the, one of the most over guys in mm-hmm. NXT. You put him against him twice. Like, people want to chant against Ty Dillinger. Then you throw him again in there against Bobby Roode. Who's going to boo Bobby Roode? And then you <laughs> throw him against Alexander, who is, who's so beloved after one match in the CWC. Yeah. I feel a little upset about the women's division in NXT. It's coming up. It is, but it's still... The fact that they're now promoting uh, Mandy Rose, or whatever the heck her name is, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Because I know Liv Morgan faces Oscar tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 d- I DM'd her. I, <laughs> did you? Wishing yeah. her luck? I did. That's nice of you. Very Couple thoughtful. emojis. <laughs> and um, I told you Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they're a thing on mm-hmm. this set of tapings. And um, Ember Moon, she had a match tonight against Manny Rose. But we'll see what Manny Rose has to offer. I've heard she's okay. We've only seen one match with her. I've heard she's okay. So, I'm not expecting much. I mean, this division, it can't really turn to gold overnight. Well, my thing was, like, like I told you, they when they caught up the, the horsewomen, well, three of them, they didn't build anybody else. Like like I said, we, we heard Liv Morgan talk a couple weeks ago for the first time. She's the only one really from this new crop of women that's actually talked. Yeah, her interview was good this week, too. Yeah. So I, I do think there's some promise for her. Uh, Mandy Rose, I don't have high hopes for at all. Ember Moon, obviously, you know I'm very high. Yeah, I think she's the next big. I think she's the next thing. Probably. Uh, we have a, in two weeks the debut of Dan Matha, some gigantic guy. I don't know. I'm not expecting much out of that either. It just looks like a, uh, a prototypical Vince, <clears throat> Vince guy. How tall are you? Six, seven, <laughs> three hundred pounds. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Um, like I said, not a whole lot to talk about from NXT. I don't know if anybody else has anything to interject on it. Do better. It's <laughs> a good interjection. The last thing I want to bring up on the show tonight before we get to a couple listener questions. There are dirt sheets talking about WWE's interest in Matt Hardy. There are rumors that WWE may be trying to buy TNA. I don't know how either of you feel, but I do not want that to happen at all. Well, well either time, one. Time, time. Either, okay. I don't want Matt Hardy and WWE, and I don't want them to buy TNA. Well, they just want the library. Yeah. yeah. I just I want them to stay away from T. They there needs to be something else besides WWE. It can't just be WWE just steamrolling everything else. Yeah, because because uh, there was a report in this. There was well, there's a story in the New York Post. So I agree. I believe that story. I don't I don't remember remember 100 percent of this story. I don't. I won't listen to these dirt sheets because they backtrack and make stuff up all the time and, and try to use logical thinking. All the time, so I just know that they want the library, and and the dirt she was that TNA wants more money than WWE paid for WCW, which is ridiculous. Yeah, well, it is. But I think they just want the library for the AJ Styles stuff, the Kurt Angle stuff, the Samoa Joe stuff, and the Sting stuff. I, I read somewhere like a quote, and I don't want to guess the number, but it was a decent ch- a chunk of money for what you would think it all could accumulate to, but. 
um, WWE basically has it equated to X amount of dollars per hour of team, hmm. and that's basically their offer for the company. The I thought I read four million. Was it? I know they wanted more for TNA <coughs> than Vince bought WCW for. Because I said I don't buy. I'm not buying too much in this because I said I don't remember the New York Post story 100. percent But I know they want the video library, and they they don't really have any any um, in, interest in most of the talent. Gail Kim, take her though, please. <laughs> and Matt Hardy, Vince, he will get so supervised. Mm-hmm. And he will not have the freedom because this broken Matt Hardy, he has so much freedom because this is his character because he has pulling TNA. This is his thing. And Vince will yeah, supervise him. To a good extent, he's been even financing a good bit of it. Yeah, yeah he's been paying for it mm-hmm. himself. But Vince will supervise the hell out of him. And I don't want that because you're going to, so basically, you'll turn Matt Hardy into Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, this is my thing. I like I love WWE, obviously. I write about it. We talk about it every week. But TNA is like a different take on what professional wrestling can be. WWE, pretty much always Vince wants to stay, stay safe now. He doesn't want to take any chances. He doesn't want to try anything too crazy. And I understand why, because he's got like a lot to lose now. TNA is in a position where Billy Corgan is now in charge. Because he's trying to buy it. Yeah, I would love to see him buy and let him try to make his vision happen because it may give us something very different to watch. It may give other fans who maybe have given up on WWE something to watch. I, I'm interested to see what they can do more so than the idea of WWE just buying another thing and it being like another one, another one that just gets another smashed down to the ground. Exactly. And like you said, Matt Hardy, he would not thrive here they, they would they'd probably push it for three weeks and then everybody would get bored with it because it, it wouldn't be what it is now think of what what do you think tna would have done with that randy orton bray wyatt segment on smackdown they probably would have pushed it so much further than wwe was willing yeah. to take it so that's why i don't want to see i don't want to see those doors close i want to see billy corgan's vision be realized on tna and hopefully it gets to happen so with that being said do we have any more listener questions for this week? Yes, we do. We have a question from the Lethal J. Vargas. Okay. <laughs> All right, me and him were having a discussion on Instagram about the women's division, and he asked me a question, and I thought it was interesting. I wanted to bring it up to you guys. But he says, let me ask you this. You think it's a, you, you think it's a mistake or a bad thing to have three out of the four horsewomen from NXT on one brand? I think they should have been split up. I feel like Raw's women's division is just them three. The rest are there because they need a spot on a roster. So... First thing I'll say to Lethal J. Vargas, uh, the best Instagrammer in the world, I guess we could call him. Um, I thought all the women should have been on Raw anyway, so I thought all four of them should have been on the same show with every other woman on the roster, at least for the first year or so, until you build up enough women to carry another show. But since they didn't do that, I do think that the three horse women on Raw are overshadowing everyone else. And Becky is kind of left on her own, almost. I do think that they should have had one of them on SmackDown as well. I think they should have been two and two. So while they're not all on the same show, I do think they should have broke, split them up evenly, not three on one show, one on the other. I'm not mad at the way they've done it, just because I feel like if they would have done two and two, that would have been almost what you would expect. Uh, also, I just think the whole way the storyline is going currently on Raw, I don't think it's bad. Uh, they don't have a secondary women's title or mm-hmm. women's um, you know storyline that yeah. matters. 
even though they're not doing the best with dividing up everything on SmackDown, it's a shorter show, and they actually do have two storylines going on. So I don't think they did it wrong. So you're cool with it. How about you, Halo? I'm fine with it because when the brand split, when the day after the show after the brand split, I mentioned that Raw is when, Raw has the mainstream people and Sasha and Charlotte those are your mainstream superstars and when whenever Bailey came up I thought she would, she should have went to SmackDown mm-hmm. but after the landscape of the SmackDown women's roster panned out I was like huh SmackDown actually uses the women to actually have a story so and then we saw Raw's division was just basically Sasha Charlotte with Dana mm-hmm. and then, so I was like okay maybe Raw needs Bailey because that would make more sense to me and that that does make more sense because Bailey even though just coming up from NXT, she's so beloved from NXT, she's already a, a mainstream person. So having those three, and then Paige is hurt, someone raised hurt, and whenever Nia Jack, Nia Jax, she'll be with one of, with probably Paige the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you probably see Sasha and Bailey going against Nia Jax. They're all gonna run this Nia Jax somehow, some way. So you'll have those secondary storylines eventually. I don't know when, but eventually. And the thing with SmackDown is, you allow call-ups from NXT such as Alexa Bliss and and um, Carmella to come in and. The SmackDown Women's Division has been awesome, and you bring you bring Nikki Bella back. Like it or not, Nikki Bella might not be a, a, a four horsewoman, but she is the former Lauren right. Randy Shaman in history, so she has credibility for her. We know Natty isn't really nothing more than a stepping stone, but she has credibility. She's a veteran, so we know who she is. Naomi, she hasn't she hasn't won a title yet, but she's a credi- she's she's a credible incredible athlete, and she's a good hand in the ring. So. In SmackDown, they do a way better job of handling all their women actually having story. This is why, like, this is why I enjoy SmackDown more. Because even though I care about Sasha and Charlotte more, I enjoy watching SmackDown's women's division because there's actually a story there. And I don't think it was a bad idea because because you could put, you could have Becky as the face because Becky was kind of third in the pecking order when it came. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll say fourth. In she Bayley. was fourth. Yeah. She was fourth in the pecking order as. as I'll say as being beloved. Now SmackDown, she's number one. She's mm-hmm. a face. So it was better for Becky and all three women on Raw can get their shine. And Becky and that gives Alexa Bliss and Carmella. They're not buried under a roster of the four horsewomen. Yeah. Uh, and Nikki may not be beloved by the wrestling fans, but she's the biggest star out of all the women yeah. they have on either roster. So thank you, Lethal J, for, for the question. we have any other ones? Yep, we had another question from the Lowdown Lord, no relation. Okay. He said, what do you think some of the plans for SmackDown could be since Raw is getting all the hot acquisitions, for example, the Cruiserweights and Bayley? <coughs> that is a question I, I really don't have an answer to. I think the best thing SmackDown has going for it is their two hours, which... But he said the future plans. The future plans? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what they can do. Like, what can he really add to it? Um, I think whenever Oscar drops the NXT Women's Title, I think she's going to SmackDown. That's that's that, that's my thing. I also think Samoa Joe pro- may end up on SmackDown just to get to give them more depth because they still even have they still have guys on the roster that were drafted high. We haven't really hardly seen seen anything out of like Baron Corbin. He was a high draft. I think he's before Kevin Owens. Yeah, and Sami Zayn, and we just haven't seen him develop. Yet. I thought him. I thought Cena would be his next thing. But as far as things going on, I think SmackDown will get the next few call-ups instead of Raw. Yeah, other than that, I don't know what else there really is to do. You can't add another division. You don't have enough time on your show to do it. But I do think SmackDown's in a better position because I feel like it will be, over the long haul, to be a show that's easier to watch than Raw. What about you, Eck? You got any thoughts about what... What could be coming to SmackDown in the future? I mean, if they, you know, have something... Like, a, I guess it's obvious if someone from NXT comes, 
because when Ambrose and Cena are away filming filming their stuff in the next couple months, AJ really doesn't have no one for the title picture. I mean, Orton's the most logical person to think, but they're going to need people like Joe to come up to be a threat. I mean, I like if there was something like Broken Matt was brought to the company, mm-hmm. obviously he's a contender, but I, I see if they bring him, since he's such a name at the point, he'd probably go. But anyway, with his contract, that's not going to happen until late next year. Well, his contract's up in February, I think. And I think Jeff's in February. He's in spring. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Jeff's no January, idea. I think, actually. I just wrote. I know they, they, but the deals expired at the same time last year. I could have sworn it was just for a year. Hmm. I know they resigned in February. Uh, any other questions? Nope, that's it. So thank you, Lethal J. Vargas. Thank you, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No relation. Thank you, Joe Lafferty. Was that everybody that asked a question this week? Yes, it is. All right, so that is the show. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Monte Carlo, Monaco. For Corporate Ek to Fly, Eric Trambicki, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut this mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.